welcome to Scripts and Giggles with Shoshana and Marnie. <laughs> wow. I really like that as a pause. Yeah. So, how's the week been? The week has been um, weird. It's been a busy week. It's yeah. been a good... I've actually... It's been busy. It's been good. I have one thing, weird thing. Oh, okay. Tell me. One weird thing. Go so, on. I went out for dinner... Yeah. So there's two parts to my weird thing, which is I actually feel like I've reached a point in my life where I can't drink during the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not, I, I don't mean like a glass. I can have a glass of wine. But more than two, you're asking for trouble. You get sloshed. And also, I can't have dinner late. Oh, goodness. Wait, what's the latest you can go for dinner? Ideally, I want to be seated at seven. Really? I feel like the latest I can go is maybe eight. For the food to come at nine. Oh, <laughs> when you say that, <laughs> I mean, okay, we see at eight, food comes at 8 30, latest, we are finished by nine. Okay. And then we're digesting between nine and ten while we're chatting and then leave at ten. So I went to dinner this week. Yeah. At nine o'clock. That's too late. Too Look, late. Isn't the kitchen closed by that point? No. The restaurant wasn't thriving. I'm so done. The restaurant was in a hotel, so I feel like. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, they're expecting guests to come in late, but that's nine o'clock is a lot. Nine o'clock is crazy. When did the food come? Probably ten. Hey. And obviously the wine came before the food. That's a problem too. So you're just having drinks in the interim. I even struggle with the idea now of like drinking alcohol before the food. Because I just feel, especially if there's like no bread on the table. There was no bread. I'm making it sound so fancy. Like, I go places, every place I go must have bread, but, like, just something to soak up the alcohol. A little snack. Yeah, I don't want to just be drinking alcohol on an empty stomach, or empty uh, stomach. Yes. So, anyway, I'm at this weird nine o'clock dinner, yeah, yeah. which I'm already not happy about. I had yeah. complained several times already yeah. about the fact that it's too late for my stomach. Yeah. Um, I did, a, did one of my favourite things to do, actually, which yeah. I've decided is one of my favourites, which is make a deal with with someone at dinner mm-hmm. that you're both going to get a dish and split it oh yeah I like that so what we did was there were two pasta dishes and we wanted to try both of them yeah so we got the two yeah and then we got this chicken and we split all of that mm-hmm. between us yeah I will say this restaurant had two different size portions mm-hmm. they had what turned out to be starter portion and main portion yeah we ordered two main portions. Was that not enough? They were not main size to me. When you say, oh, what were they more like? Were they more like starters? Yeah. Oh, that's really disappointing. But it was a fancy restaurant. It was a fancy restaurant. Yeah. But I don't understand where's all the food. You're but, charging me 30, 40 quid for a plate of pasta. But, you know... I can eat this pasta in three mouthfuls. It's about the quality. The quality of the food. So, you know, one mouthful is like having... 10 cheap strands of Tesco pasta. For me, the only thing, like, <laughs> if, the only thing that feels luxury when it comes to pasta yeah. is either, like, a rare meat. Al dente. <laughs> no, al dente is not fancy. You can do that in your house if you don't cook your pasta well. <laughs> I mean, like, when you go somewhere that's, like, yeah. wild boar, rag- ragu, yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, well, I don't have boar yeah. every day. Yeah, Let's yeah. try that. Or truffle. That's true. You yeah. put truffle on anything. I'm like, yeah. oh, this fancy. And that means like, oh, £50 for that yeah, milk? Literally. That makes sense. Truffle. And then 
bit of gold leaf. I've never tried it. I've never tried that as before. But I just like edible gold. Any type of edible diamond crystal. If your feet is tingling at you, it's worth it. It's, <laughs> it's glittering. It's worth the 50k. No, the 50 pound. Not the 50k. So that was a fun thing yeah. to for us to do because we've never done that before. Oh, nice. Like... I feel like you have certain friends you can do that with. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. know if we were friends like that. And it turned out okay. that we were. Um, although they ended up eating most of the chicken. Even though, Oh, and even they did do something that I absolutely wait, hate. Even though the meal was not... The chicken probably wasn't big enough for two people. We ordered a whole chicken. Oh, okay, that's okay, that's fine. And they did not bring it out on the bone. So I cannot uh, confirm or deny if that was the whole chicken. Yeah. It was a decent amount of chicken, though. Did it taste good? Yeah, yeah it did. Okay, at least you can say I'm paying this type of money for good food. It was sixty pounds, for, just for the chicken. And it's only like twelve pounds for a whole chicken at <laughs> Think about it. I said this is kind of wild. And, and it's also flavored really well at Nando's. Um, it, this I would say this was very succulent. Yeah. Because I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of chicken breast. I think yeah. it's always dry. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't dry. That's good. For me, again, it's the technique. Is the technique versus anything else. I've never, like, it's very rare. I can count on my hands the amount of times I've had chicken breast and been like, this is actually yeah, good. Yeah. Not, like, don't feel just long yeah. chewing and all the flavours gone because yeah. you've been chewing for so long. And also, it's usually, so white. the chicken breast is, like, sliced so thinly, that's how you can keep the flavour in. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. this was, yeah. actually, it wasn't, like, a, just a slab of chicken. Yeah. I don't care for that. Yeah. If anyone's listening, don't do that. Um, but, okay, so we're at this meal. Yeah. One of the faux pas that happened, mm. we're sharing. Yeah. Someone says, oh, can I try a chicken? And old dude is like, sure. Hmm. We needed to discuss that. Yeah. As a couple of people I eating. I have so many conversations. With, yeah. As a couple of people eating. Yeah. You don't make a decision to share my food without <laughs> me. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that should have happened. However... Given that you told me a bit about this dinner before, yeah, the person that's asking for the food is paying for it. No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. <laughs> there was, there oh, was okay. Maybe I got that completely wrong. There were six people at this table. One person ended up paying for the whole table. Okay. And then afterwards, the person I was who I was sharing with was like, yeah. "Yeah, to be fair, that guy's always asking for stuff." I was like, "Well, why did you give it to him then? You could have been like, Marnie said no. She doesn't want to share her food." I'm I'm happy to take. It sounds like Joey from Friends, but yes, I'm happy like, to take one for the team. That's a massive four part. Like you should 100 percent have asked the, the other person you're sharing their food with. Like, oh, is it okay? And also, I'm so took sorry. a big bit as well. Why are you? Why are people? And it was beds? my it was my half of the uh, no, my half of the chicken. No, that's not fair. I said you're lucky. I'm already starting to feel full. Because otherwise, I would have been that's like, both you, of you are going in jail. The only way you should be be asking for extra food off another plate not even your own it's if yeah the other person has finished everyone's finished and you're a bit nip, like a bit hungry but you're like oh i really saw your food and it looked nice are you having actually you know what there is no room there is no space to be asking for food to be unless fair, it's offered to you yeah also the person i was sharing with had been like to them oh can i have some of your truffle fries I... and then took half of the pot of truffle fries I... And then started putting some on my plate. I was like, he's not gonna have any chips left. How can you ask for how can you ask for chips and then be handing out chips to other people? Maybe this is how those guys share. I don't Maybe. like it. No. I don't like that. It's Jessica. I it reminds me of when we went for our group, our group chat dinner. We went out 
having it was no was it yeah it was dim yes dim, it was dim sum and at that time that was at that plate and on that table we realized one of our dear friends jessa yeah she was like i don't like to share food and i was like this is, is a sharing food place it's a sharing food place to begin with and we've gone to dinner for definitely she not always a decade. Get something to herself. yeah and i didn't realize it never clicked in the many many years that we've gone for dinner together as a group i've never noticed that she just doesn't like to share food i thought you were going to talk about the bow incident what happened about with the bow? so we ordered the bow Oh yeah, that was, and we thought it was, was going to be same a, restaurant. Yeah, yeah. We time. thought it was going to be enough bow for everybody. Yeah, but it turned out to be three. Yeah, and there were six of us. Yeah. So some people just respect respectfully bowed out. <laughs> no pun intended. Some people were like, so two went. Oh, yeah. What I remember was that there was two, which we split in half. Yeah, and then there was one left, and one person in the group was like, "I'm just gonna." Have that oh, wait a minute. That wasn't Jessa. That was no. That was. Led sister. Yeah. Whose name I can't remember. No, not Led sister. Um, Adam's sister. Caroline. Caroline. Yeah. Caroline was like, I'm going to have this whole bow to myself. And I said, no, you're not. Because we're at... I don't know. Did you not see us? I, I need you listeners to visualise the idea. You know how small a bow is? Yeah. Us cutting a bow into thirds. Yeah. So oh, yes. can have a bit. Oh, I, I would definitely have bowed out of that conversation because that was so fun to see you And when they put this tiny little piece of bow and this tiny little shredded duck on my on my plate, I said, you're... At this point, let's bin this home. Because this is sad. What we're doing is embarrassing and sad. I definitely... Oh, I should have taken a picture of it. I don't okay. think I did because I was actually very annoyed by the situation. Why have you cut up like this? I, I didn't realise how frustrating... I mean, the argument, and because it, it became an argument, that occurred for a while. <laughs> it did! And, and it, it lasted for so long. And I... Do you know what? It's actually very ironic. In that exact same ping-pong restaurant, I'd gone for dinner again with two other people, and there was also an argument that broke out in the group, and I wasn't involved. About the food? It wasn't about the food. It was about something else. Yeah. But maybe that restaurant... Just, brings out the worst of people. It really does, because the food ain't great. The food ain't great. Ping-pong Waterloo ain't great. But I don't have beef with people from Waterloo. I just had beef with the idea that it was very clear on the menu that yeah. the amount of bow that we were going to get was for three people. <laughs> when the food has now arrived, six people want some. <laughs> yeah. What are you oh, talking that about? Was so that was what it was. Yeah. That was the way the argument went. Yeah. The food has now come. There's only three. The three people that had agreed to have the bow are about to go and get it. Now a fourth person said, I want in on the bow. Why do you want in on the bow? You didn't want it before. Yeah, because it looks good now. We're sharing anyway. We've shared everything else on the table. There's not enough for us to share. No, it doesn't work that way. She said, Caroline said, by force we will share. Cut the bows. Didn't make any I sense. don't like the idea of having less food because someone who was not already factored into the decision to have the <laughs> food to wants to have food. I don't like it. I don't like it. This happened as well on our trip. Which trip? On our girls' holiday. On our oh, girls' yeah. holiday, a friend, me and a friend, made a deal. We're gonna get two different things. We're gonna share. We've now come to the table. Shoshana and our friend are like, "Oh, that food looks good." Oh yeah. Our friend says, "Can I have a? Can I have a? Can I have a bit?" I said, "Absolutely not," because you, when we made a decision to go get our food, you said, "I'm not doing that. I'm getting my own thing." You've got your own thing. You finished it. That's the worst thing. The yeah. food is now gone. And now we're eating, you're like, and I want a bit of yours. Oh, we fought that day. If you, no. if oh, you wait, guys had, if you and our other friend had been there, I actually really think we would have oh, actually had a fight. Yeah, actually, I do remember that because I was just like, wow, this is getting more heated. 
Because yeah, she she was like, oh, chill out. I was like, I'm not. I'm actually not gonna let you have this yeah. food. I also remember that we hadn't eaten for most of that day, no. so the, it was really hungry. Nice hungry. The hungry. And we were really already kind of tense because we'd we, done the cycle. You guys had done the cycle. We were late to eat the whole thing. Something else. Yeah. Something else. It was just. Beforehand. It was bad it was vibes. Lot. It was a lot. And that really sent me. That, oh, yeah. I was about to go over. Yeah. I didn't talk to her in the cab home. It was tense. That so, cab it was tense. Was tense. tense yeah. And I was like. To what I'm afraid, I was like, this is... No, but we can talk about this offline because I had noticed, I've... It's basically the food sharing aspect <laughs> can create... You have to know what you're doing going yeah. in. You can't, once the food gets there, start talking about sharing. Yeah, no. There's... And it does put people in, in a tense... It puts people in a tricky situation. In all the situations, yeah. if everybody else at the table says, let's share, and I don't want to share, I look like a prick. Yeah. But I don't... I didn't want to... Yeah. I should have to because it's gonna become a bigger thing when <laughs> when it comes to paying. Yeah, now yeah. they're being like, "Well, you only have doing separate food." I mean, there's a whole. Thing but you ate half of my plate, so now what? There's a food etiquette. There's a drink etiquette. We won't go through my <laughs> alcohol story from another day. Oof. But there's so much etiquette when it comes we could to do it. Do a whole podcast about just the etiquette oh, of God, eating yeah. a meal and how friends. much beef it's caused and how much friendships are almost broke. Like honestly. I can I can honestly say I I there have been several occasions where I've overpaid just so we could leave the restaurant oh. because people are putting oh. their foot down. They're not paying for stuff that they oh. absolutely had. A hundred and fifty percent. We just want to go home, home at this point. I will pay an and extra I, ten. I'll yeah. pay an extra fifteen if I need to. We have to yeah. leave this restaurant. I think, it's, and also I think as we've got older and older. That has become a thing. Well, actually, it's now less and less it's acceptable. Less, it's less, it's less, yeah, it's less and less acceptable for you to be like, "Oh, well, you got this and you got that. Should we just all split? Yeah, split. split. Yeah, but then you can't after we've split be like, yeah. it's annoying that we had to split though because I no no you have to no. drop it forever. You have to, you have to drop it. The only thing I do appreciate like we say, "Oh, should we split?" And then someone's like, "Well, I actually bought a lot. I like bought more alcohol. Is that okay with everyone?" And everyone's like, "Yeah, cool, 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 done." But the I don't know if I I don't I, okay. I agree. Well, but I will say this. If I order a bottle and I say, anyone can have some. Yeah. And then you don't, for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, that I understand. I, 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 I'm not saying you have to pay for it. Yeah. But I would not tell you not to pay for it, if that makes sense. Like, if yes. I say, should I get a bottle for the table? Yeah, and then you don't drink it. Yeah. Or, or I don't drink it. Even yeah. though I did say I was going to get a bottle for the table. Yeah, so the, so, but you're not expecting me to pay for it. No, I'm not expecting yeah, you to pay for sense, it. Yeah. But I'm also not, not, but if you said I'm going to pay because I was going to have some, yeah. but then I didn't, I wouldn't but, say no. Yeah, I think that's fine. But I think about sometimes like when we've gone for dinners and we're at group dinners and like there will be one person who just like buys their own drinks for themselves. Like it's not a bottle, like, you know, it's a G&T, but they have, like, multiple G&Ts, yeah. more, than, more than everyone else on the table. Yeah. But they they always flag, like, oh, look, I bought a couple more extra drinks. Yeah, no, I'm which not paying for... A, which I don't, don't really have a problem with. Pa- I, will pay, I will actually pay for a bottle. I think the reason why I pay for a bottle is, even if I just have one glass and you have seven, yeah. I had some, I don't yeah. mind. Yeah, But, yeah, if you have ordered yourself a single drink that yeah. I can't possibly be <laughs> sipping from, you should pay for it. Unless... You got a drink, I got a drink, you got a drink, drink I got a drink. drink. And yeah, at the just, end, yeah. we both got drinks, even though maybe yours are slightly expensive, maybe mine are slightly expensive. We can split it. Out. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Because but... still two drinks were had yeah. by both people. Yeah. But, but yeah, if you had zero drinks, 
and you had five. And I had eight. <laughs> Who could have And then I said, let's split the bill. I'll be like, nah. I'm that, I'll be like, you know what, I'll pay for my food. Let's how would you, how, how, how would you, let's role play. How would you pay out this thing where I, I the bill's this. now come. Yeah. The bill's now come. And I've said, oh yeah, I did, I got four double chin and top. Yeah. Plus, also, double. what a weird night. <laughs> what a, what a wild what night. What a wild night that <laughs> I've had four double chin and top. And I've had nothing. You've had an orange juice. And I go, should we split this? I'll be like, what is there food on that menu as well? Is there food on the menu? We don't have any food. I'd be like, well, I'm gonna just pay for the orange juice. I know, but I just think it'd be easier if we split it. But you, no, I, I get it would be easier. But the thing is, I only had one drink and you had four. I know, but like we did come here together to see each other, and, and I do feel like we should just split it. It's just easier. Like the guy's it's, coming, let's just split it. I know it was so amazing, but like to be perfectly honest, I only budgeted to my, my orange juice. And my orange juice is three pounds, and yours is fifty. So I, <laughs> I feel like you should have said at the beginning then if you were gonna, you didn't have the budget. If you, you should have said you were poor. <laughs> I'm sorry, you should have said you were an alcoholic when you said you needed four double gin and tonics. you needed four double gin and tonics. All I'm gonna say is, no, probably honest. I, it's, it's your own responsibility. Like, if you are going to have four double gin and tonics, you drank it, you have to pay for it. I'm so sorry. I know, I'm with Honestly, you. By the time this but I'm saying, what would you do if so this this drop it happens, let's discuss how close this friendship is. Because <laughs> you may be stepping a little bit out of a wider zone. You're not going to be in the inner circle anymore. You're going to be getting to the outer circle. <laughs> you're going to be this way. Honestly, talking like this, or should I count money? Like, oh, well, you have... The worst thing you can say is like, well, you have money, so you can cover it. That would be it. You're like, get out. I, get out. To be fair, that was a very wacky situation. It's so wild. But also kind of funny. And that being said, you would... I wouldn't be surprised. If you had four double gin and tonics and you were drunk and you had that kind of bravery to be like, let's split. I wouldn't be surprised because you did have that amount of alcohol. But in the same breath, I'm not splitting with you. Would you let me get... Would you let me get... Would you be like, oh, I won't hold that against her. That was weird. Or would you be like, that was un- unforgivable, actually? No, I don't think it's un- I don't think it's unforgivable. I would say, maybe you should say what up and we're going to have a conversation about this. Or you're going to cover my t- um, Uber back home. Why? <laughs> going to fight. We're going to be fighting <laughs> out of the restaurant because I just paid £40 for four double gin or two double gin that I didn't even drink. What's the problem? I'm so you sorry. You have money. <laughs> I love you. You a broke bitch. No. You a broke bitch. <laughs> no, all I'm gonna say is that I love you loads, but like, I think it's very simplistic to try and count people's money because if you didn't have the money to cover your own drink, first of all, who told you? Who told you I had money? Don't be my first thing. Yeah, I don't think that's the thing. Who told you I had money? This is an off-camera, off-air thing we can talk about. But there's one time I did tell someone my salary, and they were using it against me, and that. The first, the, the first time it happened, we're going to talk this out. The first time it happened, it was actually good because it was like, well, the, um, they used it. I was like, well, I, I realise I'm maybe being a bit underpaid, so I'm going to go to my boss and see mm-hmm. if I can like, um, push for like a better pay so that I can, yeah, so, so that I can see that I'm being fair paid. Like, so I was like, in my head, I was like, you know what? Because it's so weird to be talking about salaries. And I know we live in a world where we have been told to be more transparent, but it is quite, it's still a taboo subject. But I was like, well, if it's helping someone else, why not? Because we're all in, in this yeah. together. But then it happened again. And then this time they were using it against me, like throwing like little jabs, like, 
well, you don't have to worry. You can afford it. I was like, see, I haven't like explicitly told them like, don't do it anymore. But I have seen certain behaviors mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm like one, per- one, one strike away from being like, okay, like we, ha- we need to have a serious conversation. But then you have to break the like the tone, like the, the jokiness and be like, well, no, it doesn't work this way. You can't just be talking this way. It doesn't yeah. work like that. I had a friend who like really, really early on in my career, like she hadn't had a job for a while. Like yeah. as, this is fresh out of uni, not yeah. fresh out of uni, but like first jobs out of uni, she didn't have work. I'd had a bit of temp work. Then she got some temp work. I wasn't working. Yeah. And then from that temp job, she had a friend who was working somewhere. She got like a graduate job, yeah. like a proper graduate job that paid at least 30K. Yeah. And I was still doing my temp jobs. Job, yeah. And we'd meet each other for dinner. And because we had been talking about moving in together, we actually did have to have a frank conversation where it's like, okay, I get it, you're on 30K, but yeah. I'm I'm not even on a yeah. salary yeah. yeah. And after that, when we would go out sometimes, she would pay. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was cute, like it was yeah. like going on a date. Yeah. Um, Thanks. <laughs> but at first, it was always like, oh, I, I, like I wouldn't come out if I couldn't cover myself. Yeah. yeah. And she'd just be like, don't worry about it. Mm. Like, but that was we weren't racking up two hundred pound bills. Yeah, anything. exactly. Yeah. And then once I started earn money, I was I would we would go out and then I would pay and I like, mm. I've got some money now yeah. and we. We but we'd always had a relationship like that. Yeah. Like when we were at uni, her mum would send her vouchers, yeah. like Tesco vouchers for like yeah. meal deals at like yeah. Cafe Rouge, and then she would take me with yeah. her, and we would have a yeah. basically we'd have free dinner. Yeah. Um, and then when we when we lived together, we'd take turns paying for groceries. Yeah. So and we already had a oh I've got your back, I've got you, you've got me yeah. type of relationship. I can't imagine doing that with someone else, yeah. like a new friend. Yeah. Um, and even this was really w- awkward because yeah. I said to the person who had invited me to the meal, what if we are paying for this? Because yeah. we've got a lot of, your. well, I wanted to get this food anyway, yeah. but I wouldn't have if I, I knew, thought yeah. I was going to pay for yeah. it. Um, are you sure? And he was like, well, you know, either way, we'll just have to pay for it, won't we? And I was like, like well, there's what? a difference between paying a £30 bill and, and paying like, 75 That's, and i yeah. need to know if i'm gonna yeah. spend 100 pounds today um anyway we ended up not paying for it but at the dinner this is the second weird thing okay at the dinner there was a woman an american woman and she was talking away about yeah. her life and i was talking to person i was eating dinner with and at one point he uh he whispered to me she keeps looking at me well the, the american woman yeah she was looking, at our table. She was at the table. Yeah. But she was like, at the end of yeah, the table. And he was like, me. she keeps looking at me really intensely. And I was like, do you think she's got a crush on you? And he was like, I don't know, but it's making me really uncomfortable. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, trying <laughs> to you like, with dirty eyes in the floor. Yeah, trying to see. But she did have just an intense look. Yeah. And I was like, I think this is like an American thing. Yeah. Like, she asked someone what their name was. And they said, like, what it meant. And she was like, that's a beautiful name. You have a beautiful spirit. And she's like, deading, yeah, deading, just, deading your eyes, looking at you, yeah. And then like, wasn't talking. So I had said, that's a, you've got, yeah. that name is beautiful. Yeah. Silence. The silence is her just staring at the person. Oh my God. Like, she's about to be like, I can see into the future. 
and you have great things ahead of you or whatever. It was like that kind of, if you've ever been to see like a psychic or something, that kind of like weird intense stare that they give you and you're like trying to get clues off you. Anyway, later on, we go to the loo and we're waiting for the boys downstairs. And I don't know how we get onto this topic. Yeah. But we're, I, we're talking about London. Mm. And I was like, oh, do you think, uh, they'd already be talking about how London is different from LA, London's yeah. different from New York, whatever. And somehow we got onto like dating, the dating scene in London. Yeah. And I always say, oh, it's the pits out here. Like yeah. there's a bunch of people who aren't, who don't know what they want, who are on here swiping, 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 yeah. wasting your time. It's a long thing. And then she said, do you know what I've noticed here about the black men? They don't, they don't really date their own here. Like. What? <laughs> like what kind of men approach you? No, no. I'm saying, like, based on your vibe, and she specifically said, based on how, what you're wearing, your jeune. And she pointed her hands down, up, up and down. down she yeah. said, looking at you, I'm going to say why. The way you... I don't know how to take this because I can't... Oh it feels like an insult. That's the thing. This is not the... It's not the first time it's happened. Listen to the, the previous podcast with... <laughs> in regards to the story that Molly shared about Shoreditch. Yeah, when people say that, it does sound insulting. It feels like an insult. Yeah. And then one of the guys who was there was like, well, what kind of guys do you like? No, then no, then she said, what kind of guys yeah. do you like? And I said, I'm open. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a preference when yeah. it comes to race at all. But I would say white men probably approach me more than black men. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, let me tell you something. I think the problem is that the kind of black guys you like, I've not told this woman a single question about what black guys I like. She said, the ki- I'm sure the kind of black guys you like, they like white women. I said, so not, not only have you dragged me, you're now <laughs> dragging the guy that I want to date. You're saying, based on your own analysis, that there's no way that the black men and the black women can connect. You said, based on my analysis of you, the black man that you want, you'll you never have. have. <laughs> <laughs> you will never have him. I oh said, you don't even... God. A lot of assumptions have been... You don't know what black guys are like. Wait, can I have two... I have three questions. Number one. In this whole dinner, prior to you guys meeting the loose, have you spoken to her? I've never met this woman in my life. Okay. Number two. What is the race of this woman? Huh? What's the race of this woman? Black. <gasps> okay. Number three. What's her relationship status and who is she dating, married to, and is he also white? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Artist Wood has dragged me up and down this restaurant. The next day, I'm talking to the my friend who I went to the meal with, and I'm like, oh yeah, you missed it. When we went to the loo and was waiting for you guys, this woman was dragging me for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting around in my own business. She was saying, listen, you'll never have peace, you'll never have happiness. <sighs> A black woman will never date you. The kind of oh, no, but specifically that she said the, the black men that I like. The type of black man. You, I've not listed a. I've not told no. you. Don't know nothing about me. You met me today. What black guys did I say that I liked? <laughs> that you could tell me. Yeah, sorry, sis. It's not for you. He ain't, he ain't, he looking for girls like you. He's looking for the whites. So this whole thing that you're doing here, what you're not gonna get what you want. What is he? Uh. 
Okay. I feel like there's no point me trying to psychoanalyze it because she was trying to drag you. No, I said to don't think she was trying to drag me. That's the thing that makes it so confusing. I think she was thought she was imparting advice to me. Yeah. And doing solidarity with me. Like I get it, sister. It's so hard to find a good black brother out here. Because the black brothers out here want white girls. Yeah, but But why the added sting of and you attract white men? What has that got to do with anything? What has that got to do with anything? Who told you I was even out here looking for a man? Yeah. You had to, I never told you I was straight. Yeah. We've had this whole conversation. Did I even say I date men? You've come here and said, what kind of men approach you? Yeah, white men. But it doesn't really matter because I don't date men. <laughs> You've made a lot of assumptions. Anyway, I'm talking to my friend now. I'm like, she said this to me. He's like, this is mad. I've looked her up. Her husband's white. <laughs> I have one last question. How old is this woman? I mean, wait. Than us. Okay, so this is what I was gonna say. Do you think this woman was looking at you as like, this is a younger me, let me just have <laughs> some wisdom. Baby, stop wasting your time. <laughs> stop wasting your time. Because I was you once. Yeah. I was you out here looking for black men, looking for black men. They're not checking for you. You need to pack your bags. Those oh. white men that keep coming up to you, except one. Yeah, we're <laughs> in the same breath. Her just chatting, she's talking about herself. She wasn't talking about you. She was just talking about herself. This is what happens when people have some, some their own insecurities to try and project it onto others. Oh no! Because in the meal, she was saying, "Who was she saying?" She was saying some musician because she was there because she knew she worked in the industry or something. Yeah. She had worked in the industry. She was like, "Oh, X wanted to fuck me before, but before they found out I was married, this person wanted to fuck me with like all these black guys." So what's the story then, sis? Because you said my problem was I'm chasing men who don't want me. It seems like men were chasing you that wanted you and you didn't want them. Exactly. Exactly. What's the story, sis? I, when you said that to me, that her husband was white, I said, I just went back to him and I said, the people who are out here crusading melanin, 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 don't date people that look like them. No. Leave me alone then. I was minding my own business. Was, it was like, it was unsolicited uh, conversation. Unsolicited uh, advice. Yeah, it's advice. I just, I'm so sorry. I'm just waiting outside of the bathroom. <laughs> I've come to this meal because I was asked to attend the meal and now I'm getting dragged. No. On honestly, a Tuesday at 1 a.m. By uh, the way, as well, no, because obviously she, she went she, that she, at yeah, night. She, she was brave. She was like, you don't want to be drinking all this alcohol. I can just say what I want. But in my bre- in my head, I also feel like if I hear something like that, like, oh, yeah, you look like you like white men. I would just be like, what's the look? Because you say, I look like, what's the, what's the look that makes you think that? I was going to ask, I thought, do you know what's crazy? I don't want to open the book. <laughs> yeah, while I don't want to, I don't know if I want to open this, but you're saying this to another person I've never met before, yeah. right? So you're, this person doesn't know anything about me, but what you've just said, mm has gone it's gonna go in their head mm. and depending on how well they're listening to this it sounds like you've said i only date white men yeah well that wasn't what was discussed no. so i'm not gonna continue i personally was just like i don't really want to continue this conversation yeah. because it feels crazy to me that you have met me today and this is the energy you're bringing yeah. you've not asked me what i do for work no. you've not asked me you know what if i have hobby you've not actually asked me anything about myself and the two seconds that we've spoken to each other i've asked you questions about your job and you come back to me about men interesting 
just feels really, just felt yeah. really weird to me. And yeah. I also was just like, well, it's really, I wasn't depressed or anything. I wasn't even hurt. I just thought, yeah. the audacity. Yeah. The audacity. We live in a world where people have no audacity at all. Yeah. The audacity to come up to someone you don't know and be spitting buzz about race and who they date. Like, we know each other. We don't know you. No. You're saying, so, like, I might have a whole black husband sitting in my house. You know You that. didn't ask me you anything. Know. You've not asked me a single question. You've just come to tell me, listen, the way you look, to be fair, I looked very, very cute that day. Uh, so that's uh, the other thing. So basically so what, what you're saying yeah. is girlies who are adorable, who like to wear printed trousers and a sweatshirt, um, no black men would no, ever date exactly. them. Oh, what's... What should you be wearing to shut the black man? I need to get a BBL. I feel like that's where the going. going. Like, she said, I look, I've looked you up and down. You need a BBL, you need a fashion over dress. You need a fashion over dress, you need a BBL. Boob job? Have you thought about that? I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know. Like, I genuinely on, don't know. It's, it's so hard because if... She was like, I'm from New York. Some people meet me. They're surprised because they have these expectations of what New York girls look like. BBL, fake nails, fake hair, blah, blah, blah. And I don't do any of that shit. I'm so finished. And I, was like, I think it's. Quite, I don't think that. Yeah. I honestly, when I think of New York, that's not what I think. Yeah. What you're saying is, your that is the desirable black woman or whatever, and her her unique ability is that she's edgy. She's like different enough, but not too different. Yeah. So she can attract black men, but I'm too different from the BBL girly to attract black men. Uh, in what in New York or in London? I don't think she even knows herself. It's one of those things where if it wasn't for the fact that you were in a, if, it, if I may say, like a, a work adjacent type of environment, you could have dragged her. I wouldn't have even wasted my time doing it because I don't think that woman has a job. When I asked her what her job was, she said, I, I'm a commentator. I said, what have you commented She's a TikToker. She's a TikToker. No, fair, to the TikTok girls. She was a socialite. To the t- do we even have those anymore? Boss Girl ended a long time ago. To the we haven't had socialites in this country no. since two, the early 2000s. She ain't Paris Hilton. Like, we don't do Like, <laughs> honestly. To the TikTok girls that are making their pee on TikTok. Good for you. Like, and like no, no shit at all. But, yeah. I'm supposed to be having tea with her. No, it's fine. On Sunday. Oh, you're wasting your weekend. Nope. Well, she said, she said this, this is one of the last things she said to me. She said, I like to book a hotel on the weekends and I just go and I stay there and I have girlfriends come and visit me. You should come and have afternoon tea with us. And I was like, sure. But afterwards I was like, why does she think I need to come to this salon of hers? I am convinced she is a criminal of some sort. <laughs> and I'm coming to join a pyramid screen. She's like, what's her face? Well, she's gonna cut my- Inventing her. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. I'm either gonna get left with the bill She's going to take my kidney or she's going to try and indoctrinate me into some sort of pyramid skill scheme. That is what the deal... I'm I'm so curious that I would go... If you go, can you tell us next week what happens? She'll probably... What if I get there? She wants to give me a makeover. Oh, my Lord. Next thing. Money will come with the tashiki. <laughs> Please tell me what black guys are even dating the girls in the dashiki. It's just like let's come be on. No, let's be honest. Let's, let's be, be honest. real. Let's be let's real. Be I'm not gonna like that. The idea. I think the thing that I would have said to her if I knew her. I think that's the thing. I don't know you, no, so I don't really want to yeah. get into it. But 
what if if you're trying to engineer a situation in which you are going to be desirable to black men, you are going to upset yourself. True. You are not going to get the results that you want. Even you're so, better off being whoever the fuck you are. Yeah. And meeting the guy that you want to meet. Yeah. I'm because if you it. try to be something that you're not, they'll see through mm-hmm. you. Because they're not ju- just because they're black doesn't mean that they don't have eyes. Yeah. They can't sense something's off. Yeah. And the thing is also like the desirability of any man. That's where you're going to get disappointed. Be you, yes. walk around yeah. in the world as your most authentic self. I'm not saying it's easy, but you will attract people that you'll, at least you can feel the most authentic about yourself. I know who you are before you get into a relationship. We're going to be talking about more about relationships yeah. in the, later in the episode. According but... to this woman, I don't even try. I have to try. I'm not, I can attract a white man. I could get on this tube, the tube tomorrow on the way to work shit myself <laughs> and still get a white man I, apparently I'm so apparently i'm so done apparently also what kind of white Wait, man this is like, vague this thing is what she's, do you mean? she's trying as if she lives in london come on sit on these tubes oh she's lived in london for eight years actually i'll have you know what tubes is she well as a socialite i don't think she's even taking tubes <laughs> <laughs> come and sit on these tubes sit on some of these lines District line, Piccadilly line. Tell me where your your hot white man is. It's honestly mad. Honestly, it's honestly mad. And I just, I really just, I'm so curious about her because I, I, I don't know if it is simply she is an old woman. Yeah. And talks without thinking. Yeah, probably. Or if she, or she thinks that that's her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's brought into her her um, own house. Yes. I will update as and when I have more information, but that would piss me off so much. Oh, not piss me off, but it just be like... Oh, she also called me shady. For? So when we were sat at the table, we had to go round and say how we knew each other. Yeah. And my friend was like, oh, I would say, I would say we're friends. And I was like, mm, colleagues. Which is very much, I think, a perfectly well, fine joke. joke. Yeah. It's sarcasm. I think Is it sarcasm? Yeah. I don't know. It's mean-spirited. Yeah. yeah but but it's funny. we know each other. And I'm sure we got a bit of a giggle around the table. And then she, she... She was like, oh, have you seen her? She's shady. What? Okay. I, have I said, do I... Americans people like not have... No, what is it they Americans? do have... I get they, it. they do have humour. My last question, uh, and um, our American listeners, we know you have... Please yeah. explain because I'm not getting it. No, if you, you have humour. Please tell... American listeners, tell us if somebody saying, oh, we're friends and you saying colleagues is shady. Especially, I mean, yeah, it's shady, but it's shady like with a joke, like a, with a, it's a shady with a wink, like it's a, it's a bit of a it's shady, tongue in cheek. But it only, I would never say that to somebody I actually don't know. Yeah, true. I know that yeah. him. Um, my last question is. He also followed saying, up with, well, so he said, "Oh, we're co- we're friends," and I said, "We're colleagues," and he said, "We speak to each other every day," <laughs> and I said, "That is that is true." <laughs> yeah. You got me because yeah. I don't have a I don't have a rebuttal to that one. We do speak to each other. Yes, about work. That's your. Rebuttal. That's true. That is, <laughs> that is actually yes. Yeah. That is true. We do speak to each other yeah. every day about work and pop culture. That's true. So, um, what I was gonna say is, on this dinner table, yeah, what is the demographic of gender? What's the split of oh, gender? I'll tell you. It was four guys. Yeah. Two women. And you and the other girl. I think there's also something about that as well. Yeah. There's a, I, I think she was giving very pick-me energy. Because yes, yes. at one point, apropos of nothing, she was like, the thing is with Weinstein is that some of those women 
knew what they were getting themselves in for. And when I tell you, I, I, was, I looked around that table like, who's going to nod and agree with this? Because I need to know who the... Yeah. Who, 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 who the rape apologists here? Yeah. I need to know. Because this is a bad take. Yeah. It's, this ain't it, sis. Yeah. And also, you're doing it, I feel like, to get the boys to be like, yeah, yeah, you're one of us. Yeah. You also agree that women like to make up stories about how they didn't want to have sex. I'm so finished. I just feel like... Why are we at dinner with people we don't know talking yeah. about this? Also, what? How did that even come up? Yes. And then she was like, oh, I know this is true because I've been to dinner with, with my husband before and had and had um, women coming up to him being like, hey, hey, how are you doing? Getting in his face, jiggling their boobs. I'm like, how is that the same as rape? Sorry. Yeah. You haven't actually explained the leap in logic. Yeah. Somebody hitting on your husband is not the same as somebody wanting to get raped. Or in her scenario wanting to sleep with Harvey Weinstein. If I wanted to sleep with Harvey Weinstein, why am I, why am I coming out? Yeah. I'll just keep that to myself. Yeah. <laughs> why would I I'm be changing my so mind about f- it? Yeah, it's... Also, why are we talking about this? The guy's it's in prison for like a hundred years. That's why it's just so wild. Okay, thank you. We don't talk about R. Kelly. Yeah. Because then I would have had to be like, I have to go. You have to go. This is, this is it. Go. It's not worth it. It's not worth this conversation. But yeah, it was, that was, convo, that was that wild. That the convo was giving very big pick me energy. Yeah. And I said, this is why the Americans are several decades behind us because they're still out here trying to oppress the boys. But the, the, our American You're listeners... You're a socialite. What do you need this I know. For? Our American listeners, you are in the decade. You're in our decade. No. You're in the decade. But that You're woman all was, backwards. No, that woman was wild. Swamp people. That woman was wild. You were idiots. <laughs> Bye, you um, girls. No, no. I think, yeah. Thank you for telling me that story because I don't even know what I would have done. And it's the worst things that I don't even... I, I would be so flabbergasted. So flabbergasted. The worst thing is I really do think that, like... When you're a certain type of person, you bring out a certain type of person to yeah. someone else. And because she was behaving like that, I feel like I, I was giving very stuck-up, snobby energy. Yeah. But I was doing that because I was like, you're moving mad, mad yeah. actually. Like, I'm not going to let you have that opportunity to talk to me that way. Yeah, or, and I was like... Or, behave, or think it's acceptable to do so. And now I'm reinforcing the stereotype that British people are all classist and and snobby and, up, and have a stick up their ass. It's like, yeah, because... You are classless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What am I supposed to do? I was. I didn't like it. No. I didn't like it. I'm gonna be honest. Like I would give that whole dinner like a five out of ten. Yeah. As an experience, I like the food. Yeah. <laughs> but Minimum. eating dinner at nine o'clock. No. no not, but being seated at nine o'clock, we weren't eating at nine. Yeah. I. It's a big no for me. That, that was. It's like it started off bad and didn't end up. That's great. No, the Uber home was nice. I had a chat with the Uber driver. Oh, okay, nice. I told we talked about whether or not I should learn to drive. That was fun. That is a conversation we're gonna have in another podcast because you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we see what the other very proud of how you stood up for yourself with that because you could have really dragged her. I was just really like, what's the point of this? I know. Like you feel, I feel like you think you got me. Yeah. But you didn't get me. No. Because I wasn't trying to fuck your no. this dude here anyway. Yeah. Because. <sighs> Later on, my friend was like, she's flirting with that dude, the one who she said that in front of. Yeah. He has a wife and four kids. So I wasn't trying to hit on him and he wasn't my type. And you can hit on him. If that was what what she should have just said. But also you're married with your husband, your white husband, which is no problem with your white husband. (laughs) Why did you? (laughs) 
You have your white husband. Look after him. Go home and check on your white husband. No offense. There's no. There's no offense needed because you don't know. You could end up having a white husband, but not because of what she said. No, if I have my white husband, I will. I'll invite her to the wedding. I'll be like, "You're right, sis. Bring your white husband to my wedding with my white husband." Please. If now, now what I'm actually gonna do is when I marry my black husband, invite her to my black husband and I's wedding, and be like, "This is my black husband now." What? Because what was you saying before? Say it for yeah, my husband. Yeah. Say it to my husband what you said to me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I just don't like that. Like yeah. it's such weird energy because yeah, yeah. Well, now I have to date someone who's not black or white. Because even way I'm playing into this story, Pedro, husband's Asian now. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. <laughs> now what? Should we just move into pop culture? Let's go. Yeah. Why? You love it. You love it. Um. Pop culture, there's been a lot going on. I will just say, talking about Pedro Pascal, I fell into a whole Pedro Pascal TikTok. And for the girlies who know, they know. Like, I've loved Pedro Pascal since Narcos. He's up there with one of my celebrity crushes. And I just relived it all over again. Even though we're not watching The Last of Us yet, we may review view it on the podcast. But I just want to give a shout out to the effortlessly sexy the wickedly Pascal. talented the wickedly talented <laughs> I don't see <laughs> the wickedly talented effortlessly sexy funny charming charming a great dancer suave. very suave I like I was gonna say age appropriate he's like, I was gonna say Asian no no, 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 no. He's, not. he's age appropriate for whom not for me, but he's age-appropriate Zeddy. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I mean, I can't top that I praise, can I? I'm no. just gonna, we're just going to leave that there yeah. on the pod. Yeah, we'll just leave it there. We'll come back to it yeah. when he gets cancelled someday. This better not be like, me. Remember Shoshana, <laughs> you said you loved him. I do. I still stand by it. I it's, love Pedro Pascal. Yeah. I think he's brilliant. We should one day do um, this thing on, I don't know, on the pod, because I did it on holiday with one of our girlies um where we picked six was it six or seven celebrities that we love and mm-hmm. we just talk about who they are and why no i had to get photos of all of them and then she looked at all those photos and tried to find this common link between all the guys interesting and it was actually and she showed me hers and then she was like the common link was like they all have like really muscular arms it was like the most random link and my one had my one well, you yeah, can see. I think I know what the link was. Uh, you think you know what the link was? I, I can tell you, it's not what you think. <laughs> it's not what you think, okay? I, I, I think I would really struggle in something like that because I don't, I don't really have like, apart from Pen Badgley at the moment, like someone who I'm like, I don't get it. I, I don't get Pen Badgley. I'm we're sorry. not getting into it because no, I'm so sorry. I. <laughs> it's ironic because we're just talking about white men. <laughs> You were talking about it. I was. You said it. So we know it is. Yeah. Um, I. I don't. Yeah. I don't really have. Like, I feel like there are just periods where I'm like obsessed with someone, yeah. and then afterwards I don't care about them at all, <laughs> which is really bad. But maybe you can just do it through the ages. Because, like, for instance, I had like I was obsessed with like Bradley Cooper at one point. He's not aging just as mad, great. By the way, he's a. 
He's Red, never Bradley Cooper speaking French. Say no more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. Like, do you remember when everyone was going crazy about Roger? Roger Jean Paul. Yeah. Oh wait, Jean Page. Roger Jean Page. Reggae Jean Paul. There was a whole voice note the whole time. I was like, Reggae Jean Paul, yeah. Reggae Jean Paul. <laughs> I was like, who are you talking about? <laughs> Reggae Jean Page. Um, but I would go wild if Reggae Jean Page played. Reggae Sean Paul. I think we should write the fact that we don't have a Sean Paul biopic in the works is Please. crazy. Um, even when everyone was going crazy about him, I was like, yeah, he's handsome, but like, he doesn't really do anything for no, me. No, same, he doesn't do anything for me. You need a bit of, like... Pizzazz. Honestly, I think with Pembaji, it's his voice. His voice is so soothing. That's what I keep on getting him to do sexy. ASMR. It's so sexy. I don't... Okay, for me, Pen never really did it for me. Also a bit of a short king, but Pen never did it for me. You can't get part, like, I, can we just move on? Because I'm actually, move on. I do think move on. that at some point, Even you're going to go to jail for the amount of hate <laughs> crimes that you are committing against short men. You hate them. Pedro Pascal is a short guy and I still like him. So he's on the list. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll do that episode one time. Maybe it's like a, a part of one of our Dating Scribbles episodes. Anyway, talking of pop culture and short kings. So I end up watching... The Chris Rock. Is Chris Rock short? Yeah, he's like 5'9", five 5'10". Five so you're same height as me. I'm not uh, short. You're not short for a woman, but he's short for a man. He's, he, basically, 5'9 is not short for a queen, but definitely for a short king. So anyway, um, I end up watching... 5'6 is the average height for a man. Yeah, okay. 5'4 is the average height for a woman. If a if a five foot four woman was dating a five foot six man, great. As a five foot seven woman myself, I can't. Do it's it. one inch difference. I'm gonna be bending over to try and kiss you. You are lying. No, I'm gonna be bending over. I will be bending over. Look. Also, what is even the stature? Are you gonna be short and he's, he's skinny? He's not exactly like you. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna be kissing the exact same build as me, but one inch shorter. I'm definitely gonna be kneeling down. So why would you be kneeling? You think your shim, you think the width of your 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 calf to your ankles is a whole inch. All I know is I'm gonna feel like the bigger person in the relationship. Because you're forcing it. I'm not forcing it. He's, forcing five, it. he's one whole inch shorter than me. Yeah, one whole inch. I need him to be minimum three inches taller than me. Okay, minimum. And I still don't even like that because I'm. Look, we're gonna move on because I was make you're gonna make me sound irrational. You are rational. No, I'm very rational. Would you date a guy who's five six? If you're five foot nine self. If he was Pen Badgley, probably yes. For no, for real though. If it was Pen Badgley, yes. As he currently looks with a beard. I I how many times I have to repeat myself? If it was Pen Badgley, and he was moving to me, yes. But when you have to bend down, be like, who that? I wouldn't need to bend. You are forcing it. You are actually forcing it. You're, not, you're actually like he's a foot shorter than me. He's gone, it's gone from one inch to three inch to now a whole foot. You're a whole foot shorter than me. I'm having to pick you up to kiss. That's not the case. Okay, you okay, are forcing done, it. Done, Even done. men who are six foot, they're like only this much taller than Bam. you. The difference, there's a difference. There really isn't that much of a difference. You know the difference when you're climbing on that six foot guy. What versus... six foot guy have you been climbing? Name the guy. <laughs> he 
actually, I think we're six foot one. In your dreams, you should be climbing, but you have not been climbing in real life. In your dreams, you should be climbing six foot four, six foot five, just climbing, climbing, climbing. But when it comes to six, like five foot six, I'm going to be climbing down the ladder. I didn't want someone to be coming up that ladder. Oh, awesome, yeah. Anyway, we're going to continue. You're like this Jack of the Beanstalk. Yeah. It ain't. <laughs> it ain't. <laughs> we're going to just move on. All I'm going to say is, from one short king to another, I ended up watching Chris Rock's live comedy special on Netflix. Actually live, because it was, I think, 9.30 in the US. It was 2.30 in the morning I in the UK. I didn't even know this was happening. No, it, it was... It, was um, it came up on Netflix's social in the, like late in the evening i don't know understand how i was still up and i fell asleep in front of the sofa and i woke up to see i woke up like at 2:28 to be exact and i was and i was like oh i saw on netflix social that the chris rock special was happening at 2:30 and of course i was excited to see it because i was wanted to see what of course what he was going to say about will smith because this is the first time that chris rock has spoken publicly or when I say publicly, I mean on a national, global stage mm-hmm. about what happened at the Oscars the year before. We all know who got slapped. So I was excited to see what this show was going to be about. After the show itself, it wasn't bad. It wasn't super funny, though. And some of the jokes were a little bit dated, like the whole Lululemon joggers joke that he spent a, a while finessing and leaning into the fact that they're expensive joggers i'm sorry it's not really a joke people know it um but i think it helps with some of the boosting of their brand like the day after because they got a whole bunch of advertising good or bad um from chris rock um he also made jokes about Meghan markle and she shouldn't have been surprised that you know the royal family was racist a joke that you should have been surprised that will smith slapped him I think we were all surprised. Was, I was. I, think, I, was I don't, I don't think surprised. he should have been surprised. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have been, but we were all surprised. He shouldn't have been surprised. Um, and then he made jokes about abortion, which I'm not even going to go into because there's just no point. And then the big thing, 10 minutes before the special was supposed to end, he then leaned into real Because he knew that people would walk out if he did the Will Smith stuff early. I, think, I don't yeah, want to hear exactly. a whole stand-up thing from me. I just want to know what you've got to say about that Will Smith. On Twitter, everyone was like, get to the Will Smith stuff. Like, this is dry. Get to the Will Smith Not stuff. Not um, Oh, it just wasn't hitting. Like, of course it, it wasn't. wasn't. Um, so he finally did. He's, you know, he talks about the fact that, you know, Will slapping him wasn't really about him. It was about the all the history of with Jada and August Alcina, who to this day it sounds it's the entanglement was still wild. Let us not even forget that. But and that the whole the fact that they put it on national TV with the red table talk was also wild. But he just leaned in, caught in the B word many many a times. The B called, word. Called Jada. I don't like I don't like swearing that much. What am I bit? He called Jada a predator. That slipped very quickly under the radar. Yeah, he did. Um, and then he his last joke was about the fact that yeah, the, he didn't fight back because, you know, he's a grown man. He was raised well and he was told never to fight in front of white people. Slammed his mic on the ground and then raised his hand. I was like, I'm done. And, you know. Not that white outfit he was wearing as well. Full on white I'm outfit, dead. yeah. With, but with the um, Prince... Um, symbol as a necklace 
purple racing ball. It was just, it was it was all random. Very bizarre outfit. Yeah. yeah. I was but that say, when said, I looked at it, I said, is it 2001? It was, it was, there was some parts of it a bit dated. He was giving me like Kanye West Touch the Sky video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really giving me that. If you if you know, you know. I, I saw a bit, I saw bits of it and I thought, I'll watch the whole clip and I won't make judgment mm. until I got to the end of the clip and I said, where was the joke? I don't really care about your opinions necessarily. Like I, I don't care that he didn't like it. Of course he didn't like it. He got slapped on TV. Mm. I don't care that he said don't. I just feel like because it's a stand-up special, whatever you're going to say about this has to be funny. Yeah. And it just wasn't funny. Yeah. Like... I actually feel like it would have been funnier to not to not say he slapped like I don't know I didn't slap you back because you don't fight in front of white people is that the joke? I think that part of the, the that part of the special became wasn't more, a joke. It wasn't no, it wasn't a joke, and it became this more commentary. Like I think there was a space for him to respond and tell maybe talk about the not the impact, but like yes. To, to, you may be the impact, but also just because talk about... Because we didn't get to see. Yeah. We all saw the slab. Yeah. We all saw about, the August or talk about what star. he would have done. Like, talk about what he would have done if really... If, you know, he wasn't fighting in front of white folk. What would he actually have done? And made a joke out of that. He would have started crying. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But I think there was a space for us to hear a bit of that and then use that as a jumping point for the jokes. But there weren't as many jokes. He made, like, small, small jabs throughout the... Um, throughout the night where he was like, oh, um, I don't want to get, you know, these rappers angry. Or, anyway, he'd been a joke like, that slap everyone knows. Um, I still have summertime ringing in my ears since then. That's like, funny. Yeah, th- that was funny. But so why I, couldn't that be the whole thing? That should have um, been it. You should have, you should have said anything yeah. else. I don't know. But oh, I, 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 think, I think there's a space for him to be like, I was pissed. Like, yeah, but, then, but then you use that pissed offness to go and start making jokes and you just continue. I feel like he really missed an opportunity to like fill us in on the parts that we didn't get to see. No. Like, he didn't frame the whole stand up bit like, what to do if you ever get slapped by Will yeah. Smith? Step one, don't slap him back apparently. Yeah, yeah. And then you make jokes about yeah, what it was okay, like yeah. being on stage, getting slapped, thinking, oh, all these white people here, I can't slap him back. But God, I wish I could have slapped him. Yeah. You know, step two, you get the phone call where they're like, soz about that. And you're yeah. like, soz about that? What the fuck are you talking about? You yeah. sat in front of everyone. Everyone thinks I'm a little nerd. You have to go on TV and apologise to me. Yeah. You know, step three, get Netflix to buy a special for you. That, I mean, look, there's so many ways he could have jumped jumped from that and be like, you could have even ended up feeling, you know, doing the whole thing of like, who's won? Like, because I'm going to the Oscars next week. Are you? Like, honestly... That could have been that moment where he'd just been like, look, I said I wasn't going to open my mouth unless someone paid me. And look where I am. I think one thing that we have to accept as a culture now is some of these people that were big, big, big stars Mm. are entering an age in which they are no longer relevant. Yeah. And what we're witnessing is someone's attempt to stay relevant. Yeah. um, When they're past it. And it's crazy that something that happened to you that was relevant and you somehow managed to talk about it in a way that's so boring that now yeah. nobody cares about this thing anymore. It's such a shame. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? It's like, you're just an old man now. Yeah. You're just an old man on stage trying to pretend you're not an old man, telling us that we should 
you know, aren't they, aren't Jada, like, I wouldn't even have minded if the jokes were like, I think Jada and Will are mentally unhinged. Um, he did go into some of that in terms of like when he said, who in their right mind would have discussed everything about the entanglements on like Yeah, the that's how I think yeah. I would have, I would have played it that way. Like, oh, I didn't yeah. slap him because it would have been, um, a hate crime. Yeah. You can't get around slapping mentally yeah. ill people. Like, you know, I would, you know. Yeah, I mean, he, he was really leaning into the offence with all people, all races, mm-hmm. or, I mean, they, they did say that he really leaned into the black jokes. Which yeah. brings me to my second question about yeah. that stand. Like, watching, even the clips that I watched, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not really sure who his audience is. Mm-hmm. Like, in general. Mm-hmm. Like, based on this clip, I don't know whether this because as a black person listen to it I don't find this funny no so who is this? is it that this is actually for white audiences is this for black audiences like who does who does Chris Rock think his audience is I think at this stage his audience is mainstream and mainstream equals white predominantly white because he's he's reaching a wider American audience that's why Chris Rock is such an interest that's why someone like, like a Netflix can pick a Chris Rock and generate that interest so do I think that Chris Rock is making the same jokes as he was when he was up and coming and probably for more predominantly black audiences? No, because one, his lifestyle is different. And two, his audience is different. His audience is not, he's predominantly white Americans. And even he when he was- that he was ever just a comic making- Black, black jokes. Yeah, like making comedy for black people only. I, I actually don't, don't think he was. I, don't know. I mean, when he first started out, he probably was. He was in the same realm, like the Dave Chappelle's and the Eddie Murphy's. God. Probably not as extreme as Richard Pryor, but I can't believe I know all these names, but like... Yeah, look at where they're at as well. Yeah. I feel like someone needs to do some sort of deep dive on like the longevity yeah. of comedy and what, what it does to these black comedians but where they get, they reach this sort of peak. And, and it's yeah. just down. It's not okay. Downhill's a strong word, but like Dave Chappelle just just coming, being wheeled out to be cancelled every now yeah. and then. Chris Rock having video surfacing of him letting white men say the n word to and around him. That video was wild. You know Eddie wild. Murphy, who was absolutely fucking massive. Yeah somehow just disappearing into obscurity now, come popping he's, up every now and then. He's supposed to look off his babies and his children and just live a quiet life. It's just, but it's it's just like, what is the deal with comedy in that? Yeah. What is the deal yeah. with comedy and, and, and spe- like as a genre yeah. and like what it does to black men? I, I think it's it. comedy also in 2023 or comedy in the 2000s where we are living in a world where Anyone can get cancelled for anything. And people, even though comedians are like, we can skirt the line as much as we can, there is still this level of like being careful to not get cancelled. Because there'll be times when he'll be like, there was a time when Chris Rock was making a joke about Beyonce and Jay Z. And of course, the gag is like, Jay Z ain't like, Jay Z is reaching when he's with Beyonce, which we all know is blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, he was like, is that a, it's not a joke about Jay Z, it's not a joke about Jay Z. And like, Perfectly honest, we live in the world that before you could have made that joke and not having to do like an apology tour before you even have to. Like just putting the band-aid over the joke saying like, I'm not trying to make an offence to this particular group or this particular person. But now because everyone's so cautious about image and also being cautious about getting cancelled, that is why 
you can't be risky in comedy anymore. And I think also for black men as well, it's like that when you become more mainstream, I think you have to become a bit more. Why do you need to be risky in comedy? I don't get it. Because like controversy sells. Like sex sells with controversy sells. No, but like that's what I mean. Being provocative to me isn't actually the mark of talent. It's just your ability to say things that you know are going to piss people off. That is not a skill. Is that what is what is a skill? Is being able to take mundane things that happen to all of us yeah. and make us all laugh. And that's why something like Seinfeld worked on for seven seasons or eight seasons because it was a show about nothing, but it talked about mundane crap that we all related to at the time. It didn't age always very well, but you know. It's like how I met your mother. I remember watching an episode of that. I loved how I met your mother. There are just you. certain things that just like don't yeah. do anything. For, like it's, never did anything for me. Is I don't know how I met your mother was like warm TV. It's like Always Sunny. Always Sunny was quite funny. Funny but chaotic at times. I think Always Sunny, I I honestly do not enjoy the experience of watching that show. It's, yeah, it's a bit on edge. Yeah, it's I don't want to feel edge, like that yeah. when I watch a TV show. But I something like Arrested Development, I was talking about this earlier, like I absolutely loved because it was funny. I didn't feel like I was on edge. It was just wacky but funny. I didn't funny. get it. Did you know, okay. I watched so I'll, much of that show and I was still like, when is this going to get funny? When is it? Oh, I, uh, I laughed. I found it funny. When, wait, what did you prefer? Arrested Development or Shit's Creek? Or do you, would you put oh, them I the same? I love Shit's Creek. Would you put them on the same, no. like, for real? Yeah. I think because the comedy, like, in terms of the comedy delivery and style, I would say they're quite similar. I do not think they're the same. Yeah. My experience of watching like, those two shows are not the same. I've struggled with I think Creek, what though. you're talking about is that they're both rich families. There's that aspect as well, and maybe just yeah, because of the I, out of touchness that leads yeah. into the jokes. Really I easily. think the mum is really funny yeah. in Arrested Development. Yeah, I think hilarious. the problem with Arrested Development is there are too many characters and they're not all funny. No, like I don't think Portia de Rossi's character is funny. No, no, no. Why do we have her? Whereas I think on Shit's Creek, everyone's got something in that mm. family that makes them funny. Yeah, that's true. Alexis is great. David is great. The dad's great. The dad's lovely. The mum's wild. Yeah. I've watched that twice. The first time I watched, I was like, "This is fine." Second time I watched, I was like, "This is actually very funny." Um, Arrested Development. I love Jason Bateman. I love. I, I, I it's crazy because I love the cast. Yeah. Such a good cast. Such a good cast. I just. Yeah. It just it never. It's never. It never stuck yeah. with me. I've never got. Like I feel like with comedies, you want to get to a place where you're like, oh. This is the yeah. perfect setup, yeah. actually. Yeah. I can't believe that someone has one. Like the office, not the British one, because I don't like Ricky Gervais. I don't. I I don't mind the British one, but Americans one just blew out the water. The American one, you get like the first season. I remember being like, "This is pretty good." I think like somewhere in the middle of the second or the third, I was like, "Oh, thank." Like this, this is a premise that just keeps yeah, on giving, yeah. and these characters are so like well drawn yeah. that you just there is so much comedy yeah. to mine here. When I'm saying that show, I laugh like I laughed. I've watched laughed. it all the way through at least four times. Now. I I had to um I I think I I left with Steve Carell. I couldn't watch the other two. You got to you got to see um, yeah. Idris Elba. What do you mean? No, nah. no, Idris Elba came earlier. Yeah, but he comes back. Yeah, but I don't need to see him again. I'm fine. Well, I think it's weird to say you're fine when you've not watched the episodes. No, I mean, I'm fine. When when Steve left, I was like, I'm going to leave too. In solidarity. Okay. <laughs> no offence to Will Ferrell. It's just... Will like, Ferrell's barely in it. That's when you don't even it, know what happened. I'm not telling guy, you. Who's the next guy that goes? Because there's another guy that comes in. I'm actually not going to say. You know so, what, I'm fine. We'll, we'll do a rewatch. 
I won't need to rewatch okay, it. Okay, I will want to do a rewatch. You need to finish you it. It's not rewatch. You haven't finished the series. <laughs> oh, it's the story of my life. <laughs> um, why are we talking about this? Oh, uh, Chris Rock comedy, comedy. Where comedy is today. I just think people. I just think that like a lot of people are hiding behind this. You can't say anything nowadays. You can't say anything nowadays. We want to hear jokes. You're not telling jokes. No. You're just saying offensive shit. Yeah. It's not funny. Yeah. That, because to me, that's what I felt the special was doing. It was like, which group can I offend? It's not funny. And it was not funny. Like, there were some points that were a bit funny. It was like, it got me a bit no, of, we have to accept a little, little chuckle. The only people that can be funny now are, the, are Gen Z. Because Gen Z are the only people that can poke fun at us. Yeah, we because are all we of are us. the jokes. Yeah, but we are all of us. Chris Rock's generation down to us even you get to a point where you you start taking you're taking yourselves yeah, seriously yeah. and when you do that you can't make the jokes anymore yeah. because you don't want you've decided you're you're above being joked about yeah he should have been poking fun at himself yeah i, I d- he didn't want to do it he didn't yeah, want to no, do it no. he didn't want to do it he felt yeah. they made me look like a fucking dickhead on tv i'm coming here to try and reclaim my my power yeah. i'm gonna punch i'm gonna, I'm gonna punch down yeah okay you've punched down but you've actually just shown us that you are as bad as they are yeah. you you should come here and be like <laughs> well yeah. that went badly uh, let's move on because your job is to be a comedian your job is not to be a guy who got slapped on tv but you've now turned it into you're you're the dude who got slapped guy, on tv yeah this is the legacy uh, for what what a shame selective outrage it's is on netflix i i will also flag that in terms of the live aspect very seamless. It didn't like there wasn't. I mean, he messed up one joke, but he he owned up to it. Good. Um, and yeah, I think if that's what Netflix is going into, it's very interesting. Anyway, I think people are, are, are spending all their time on Netflix streaming comedy. Let's be real. How much? I would love to know how much of the market share of their <laughs> of their viewership is watching comedy on Netflix. There was a period where I was watching comedy on Netflix, and guess what? Now I don't. It's not something I look for. But do you watch comedy in general? Because I, I know I don't. And I don't even like watching comedy in live shows. I want to go to like a stand-up show. I've unless, to a stand-up I'm, show. unless I'm paid for it. I'm like, oh, we've been to... No, Someone sorry. should pay you. <laughs> unless they're going to pay for my ticket to go. Oh, you meant the, the comic should be paying everybody no. comes <laughs> out the doors to well, go. I've actually I been to see a lot of comedy. Have you? Yeah, because when I went to Edinburgh. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I just haven't... It's not I've like really go-to enjoyed thing. it. Was it? But I think I was really lucky. I went to a lot of very good shows. That's there was the maybe one I went to where I was like, mm. yeah, I don't care about this. Yeah. But again, I think that person, a lot of their humour was saying things that are kind of shocking and provocative. Okay. And so. it wasn't actually a joke. Yeah. There were a couple of jokes that were funny, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, it's a hard job to make people laugh. I mean, for, as someone who's funny, I understand the pressure. <laughs> is an adult <laughs> by the way she's yeah. an adult who pays a rent <laughs> she said it as a comedian as a funny person please <laughs> look there's a reason why we call this podcast scripts and giggles okay yeah so you can laugh at your own jokes someone has to <laughs> so literally someone has to and that someone is you oh anyway gosh. should we move on to another joke buddies yeah Oh, but we've got to say, I believe Chris Rock is on Flop Island. Where do you think Chris Rock is? 
Oh, and the reason why I think Chris Rock is on Flop Island is because of that video that's circulating where oh. he is going back and forth with Lucy K about how Lucy K is a niggerish white person. The, the most, yeah, the most niggery white person that he's ever met. I, I mean, for that video alone, a hundred percent, just live on Flop Island. For the special, I'll put him on the boat in the middle between Pop and Flop because a Pop, because it was a big moment from a Netflix perspective on a Flop because no, so Netflix can be on Bob. Yeah, Netflix is going to be Chris Rock is on flop. flop. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Bartice is on flop. Bartice is on flop. You can continue now. Bartice, Bartice, Bartice. He doesn't want to give us peace. <laughs> I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but... Yeah. Bartice, I have to believe, is the devil. Because the phrase is, the devil works harder. And nobody works harder than Bartice. Why is this guy selling... the Selling likes... He's selling, you could basically order a cameo. It's like, imagine a site like Cameo where you can get videos from celebs. Mm. You can buy the opportunity of Bartis liking one of your Instagram pictures for like $50. Five dollars, yeah. He can, you can, oh, uh, there are points where he'll do a personalised video for you. Um, You know, meet and greet. Maybe he'll come to your birthday party. Why would you want that? I feel like he's not just in his villain era. He's leaning into it. He's riding into that skid of his villain era and living up to it because that is what's made him famous, not just on Love is Blind, but now most recently on Perfect Match. But the second thing I feel like is that um, Love is Blind Series 4 has just been announced. It's coming at the end of March. It's been so quick. Like We are still digesting and recovering from Series 3. However, series four is coming. And to be perfectly honest, I think he's trying to squeeze as much notoriety as he's going to have because when a new season starts, we're going to have a new crop of Lover is Blind stars who we will care about. And Bartice will be like, Bartice who? So that's the same way I feel about the Love Island contestants. Like they have one year to make it count because when the new crops of people start coming, all your PLT deals, all your O-Poly deals are going to be going to the new girls or the new girlies or the new guys. Yeah. Anyway, all I'm trying to say is I feel like he's just trying to like squeeze as much juice as he possibly can um, at this stage. But but he's, he's a joke, and <laughs> and unfortunately he is. I actually feel like I've changed my mind on this. I'm happy for him and what he's doing because hopefully the money that he's earning he can spend on therapy because he needs Amen. it. Amen. That's what he needs. Yeah. I don't understand why this guy stays outside. Yeah. I don't understand. How he has experienced both Love is Blind and Perfect Match and still thinks that in some way he is in a position that people will like him enough to pay for him to like their photos. Have you not watched the footage back? Oh my gosh. Have you not seen the comments and no. the retweets? No. I need him to do what SK is doing and keep his head low. Keep your head low. Go and do some studying. Go and do something. Yeah. But get out of the public eye because... Asuka's got to stay out of the public eye because he's got more women in the woodworks waiting to come out. So he's like, let me just keep my mouth shut. Because if I open it, 17 more women are coming out. <laughs> so finished. The other perfect match drama... Yeah. ...has been... Dom and... Megan. Georgia. <laughs> Dom and Georgia sending each other indirects that soon then became directs actually so obviously on the there was a where are they now video which can i just say <laughs> every single couple had broken up which we kind of predicted. even the people that got engaged oh that one 
That one didn't make sense. The minute he started talking, Jerry was like trying to do a preface, like, I'll always love her. And I was like, they're finished. They're yeah. not even together. They probably broke up before they even left he the said, island. He said, um, a couple of, it wasn't even a year. I'm not even surprised. Like, I'm sorry, you should have realised that at the villa. Why did you propose to her? Yes. You thought he was going to win. That's why. Yes. Anyway, everyone's broken up. Dom says that, oh, Georgia's moved on to some other guy um, who she started dating while they were still seeing each other, basically, is what he says. He Georgia, went, yeah. Georgia's then like, no, that's not how it happened. I left, um, we weren't even seeing each other anymore. I never slept with him on the day or whatever, some story. And the person she's talking about is Harry Jowsley, who was on Too Hot to Handle. Francesca's ex. Yes, and they were on a podcast um that harry was on and georgia was filming with him i think they're both there because they're both australian as guests and on that day they fell in love and that's what the podcast even said the day they they fell in love then so she she's saying no no no, none of this happened so now dom says you know what i'm gonna get really bored of this because i i'm not gonna be called a liar so i'm gonna post the receipts Post the receipts of how the day that she went to film the podcast, he and her had been staying in the hotel together. He's messaging her. We're all going to dinner. Um, do you want me to come and get you in the Uber or do you want me to send an Uber? And she's like, no, it's now 10 o'clock at night. She's like, no, I got, uh, I'm already in an Uber. I'm on my way. She did not come to the dinner. Mm. They ate the dinner. Um, then he added a clip from the Harry guy yeah. who was on a podcast saying that him and Georgia smashed the next day. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. I just feel like, why would you lie when you know there is footage? Yeah. Also, it's not chatty patties because why are you speaking on that? That's your girlfriend. It's embarrassing. Oh, no, it really is. Anyway, so the, the, the war was won by Dom. Yeah. He's also giving me the ick. Posting but- a lot of sad TikToks about when your girl cheats on you. I'm oh, over really? it. No, he was doing a lot of like, the ones I've seen was him going, I can steal your girl. The, the, guy, the guys out here truly was trying to tease me because I have um, painted nail varnish. Watch me steal your girl. Watch me steal your wife. Watch me steal your woman. I'm like, let it go. And as I mentioned in the previous podcast, I really have my feelings towards Dom on the show. I wish he just stayed on the mole and just kept that really perfect image that we had of him I... where I was like, Good on you, Dom. You've always been the authentic king. And then Will was the one that was a bit, you know. I think he... I think, listen, I don't think going on the perfect match has ruined anything for him. I think he's come out on top, especially now that Georgia has cheated on him. Mm-hmm. People love Dom. People are really happy for Dom. And that's well and good. I'm just... I just... I just can't believe that Netflix put the show out when it did so badly for the be not yeah. one legit couple yeah i i i hope that it comes back again i think there's such a potential with this show it's chaotic but there is potential i think it should be regular people i don't think it should be people from regular, dating shows regular, regular. yeah but that's just love island no this is more chaotic than love island though because be, you in love island you don't get to, yeah. you don't get to make the choices about who's paired up with who and who's going on dates yeah that part i like yeah, that's but true. But then I feel like that's the part where it starts to become a competition yeah, less of a and yeah. romance. And again, I just want to show where there will be romance. Like, Love is Blind UK has been announced by Netflix. And 
I just really want to see some love, okay? I just want to see the UK. We don't get to see it enough. No, I was. I just want to basically hear a guy who walks into the pod and there's an Essex girl on one side of the pod and a Scouse guy on the other side. Or a guy from Barnsley. Yeah, exactly. Or someone with really high RP or whatever. Like really posh. And then seeing him probably not match with anyone. See, like, it won't work. It doesn't work in this country. It, it immediately is a class thing. You hear someone's voice, you're going to make decisions about who they are. Which is what I kind of will find interesting in comparison to some of the other um, formats. Like, Love is Blind Brazil. I don't know if they had to even face this type of thing. Someone but... be like, sat at the door and be like, hello. Just or, immediately or, scratch or, eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we wearing. Oh, <laughs> Who's next, bro? <laughs> I'm just trying to go. What, is, what are you saying? What are you saying? Next. Next. But at least you you know what you'll be able to do that thing of like. Where are you from? Trying to hear whether the person is black or white or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like how being like, yeah, Laurel, I love your voice. Where are you? Where are you from? What color is your skin? <laughs> He knew as soon as he heard her, he said, this is a black woman. Tick, that, tick, that's tick. what happened with the American one. The American one, it definitely was like, oh, you know, I feel like it was Cole from series two and series three. He would ask like really random questions. Try and gauge. No, sorry. Shake. Sorry. Nothing can beat shake. Oh, can I carry can I lift you? you up? <laughs> can I get you on my shoulders? I love uh, to festival. carry girls at festivals. Can I get you on my shoulders? Oh, what a joke. And I'm nobody sorry. said it depends. No. Are you strong? Yeah. Because uh, yes. you're asking me if I'm big. Are you big? Because you need to be big to lift me up. Exactly. I'm not letting a string bean carry me anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. About uh, uh, am I big? Are you big? <laughs> the fact that Dinchy didn't drag him up and down. He was not hot. He was not. So for you to be letting a troll make you cry. <laughs> sometimes I just feel like I you guys know. are not. You guys are Come not living on. in reality because Come I have on. eyes, and Come I'm not crying on. over fucking shake. Come on. That donkey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who was apparently asked to come on Perfect Match. I'm not surprised. Because, um, you know, if you want drama... It's just a villain show. Bring the villains. It's if just you, a villain if show. If you want love, bring the people that didn't make it. It bring... should just be a show about villains. I just get all villains yeah. on there. Don't put Paul Colony and Anne Sophie on the show. Or just Diamond or Yeah, don't put any yeah. of the nice girlies on. Just no. put the villain up. 18 Francescas. <laughs> And let's just let the fireworks happen. <laughs> anyway, uh, do you have any other... Is there anything else? Uh, did you want to talk about Matt Healy? Matt Healy? Because we, we always want to add more people to Flop Island. It's on Flop Island with Bartice and Chris Rock for me. Um, because he was making fun of Ice Spice. He's a sweet little baby angel. Yeah. First of all, I don't think it's nice. On just a who you are aside mm. for you to hear that someone think is a big fan of your work and you're an inspiration to them mm. and be like i'm gonna make fun of you yeah that's just ill yeah ill will yeah bad manners should yeah. i say ill-mannered mean-spirited dumb yeah all of those words but then your way of making fun of me is to misidentify me 100%. several times mm. Mock a whole race of people, which I'm not even, yeah. by doing a very, doing sep- doing a bad Chinese accent, mm. a bad Pacific Islander accent, yeah. um, 
referred to an in the Inuit community by words that we don't use anymore. Yeah. Um. Or, and I can't work out if he would. They're being serious, as in they genuinely don't know that Ice Spice is black, or if they're trying to be funny. From the way he was speaking, and if you haven't heard it, look out for just Google it. From the way he was saying it, he was just trying to be funny. I'm not sorry. There's no way I'm justifying it because the guy was being 100% racist. But I think he was being egged on by the people who are laughing with him and his commentary. Yeah, but he's not a little boy. No, no, not That's at all. That's the thing. Not at all. Where we, uh, I, we talk about cancel culture all the time. Blah 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 blah. Everybody's always like, oh, they like cancel culture. Blah blah blah. Okay, but then you see things like this happen, and you think he's going to continue to make music. It's not going to stop his life in any way. Yeah, he's not going to be cancelled for this. At what point, realistically, really, 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 do we genuinely make decisions about cancelling people? Because I'm not seeing the repercussions the way people keep no. talking about the repercussions. No. Everyone's getting cancelled, everyone's getting cancelled. Look at J.K. Rowling, she just had a game of Harry Potter launch. So that's an extra option yeah. be in her pocket. Yeah. Who's getting cancelled here? <sighs> yeah, the court public opinion says that they don't like you, but your pockets are still stacked. It's because... With the people that are counting you, that sometimes they only are the minor minority, and the majority are not aware of what's going on, or they're still valuable. Hence, they've not been cancelled. So it's like the good is outweighing the evil. I or the people that are unaware of what's going on, or are aware and choose not to be affected by it, are the ones that are the majority, and then only the people that are in uproar and pushing back are in the minority hence they're not being cancelled it's when you find the big swings like r kelly the why is r kelly but who's the last big person that got cancelled i think it's when you do an actual crime yeah hence r kelly yeah i think it's only if you do an actual crime yeah i don't think i think we as a society what we're doing at the moment is performing solidarity mm. we don't we're not actually standing with people no like Oh, okay. Me performing, me doing actual solidarity is, I'm not going to listen to another 1975 song again. I'm not going to endorse them. I'm not going to back them because I don't support racism. Mm. There are other people saying they're going to do the same thing while they're still downloading their music and listening to it. Yeah. So you're performing solidarity for the, because there's people watching on Twitter. You want to be like, yeah, I agree, I agree. Mm. But in your spare time, you don't actually give a fuck about this. Yeah. And that is the problem. I think that's the problem with the 2020 movement about our black lives. All these people came out, yeah, 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 guys, stop killing the blacks. But as soon as that time passed, what did you do to continue to support black people? Nothing. Nothing. You've not changed anything about your life. Yeah. You're exactly the same. Yeah. You performed solidarity because every the world was watching, and now the world's not watching anymore. So we can go back to what we were doing before, which is our little passive aggressive um, microaggressions. Yeah. And then we will will be like on 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 the, on the internet where everyone can see us. I would never say what Maggie said. I would never do that. I'm a really chill dude, and I care about the blacks. Please. Nobody cares about anything that doesn't directly affect them. And I stand by that. It's quite a cynical outlook in life. But nobody has proven me otherwise mm. that they will stand up for things that don't directly affect them. Yeah. The white people who will go to bat for black people is because they've got black kids or they've got black family members mm. or their partner is black. 
the ones who are really out here riding or dying. Mm-hmm. It's because it affects you. You have a stake in this argument. If you, you don't, why am I leaving my house? I'm just going to tweet a black <laughs> square and be done with it. No, it's like in Friends when Phoebe says there is no... Actually, no, Phoebe didn't say it. It was the gang that said there's no such thing as a selfless good deed because we're all a bit selfish. Yeah. And it needs to benefit us. So. Literally. Yeah. But yeah, Flop Island's been crowded today. Flop Island is crowded. The whole, so crowded. I'm so sorry the whole band is on there. Yeah. I'm so, unfortunately, you have to get the head. Yeah. This is exactly about performing solidarity. You let him come back and sit with you and eat lunch and yeah. dinner like it was nothing, what you just done. Yeah. You're as bad as he is. Yeah. Who's next? Oh. Uh, I don't think I have anything else for the island. I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to swim Do on. Do you have any bops? Well, we gave Netflix a bop. Yeah. Um. I actually don't have any bops this week. It was just odd. Yeah, I don't have any bops this week. No. Let's get to the review. Yeah, let's get to the review. So today we're picking <laughs> up the review from last week for couples therapy. Um, so season la- three. Season three. Last week we covered two of the couples who were Ping and Will and Molly and Josh. Yeah. And this week we're gonna go through India and Dale and Sin and Yaya. So, Indy and Dell, they've been together for eight years. They are the only African-American couple that's featured in this season. But usually, I think with every season, there, there is an African-American couple. Yeah, um, and there are, Afro- are African-American people in other relationships. Yes. Like, Yaya. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. This is a, like, both members of this couple are African-American. And I think that's a big thing because using this couple there was an opportunity in the show to talk about race and race and therapy, mm-hmm. which has been, I think it's been a highly discussed topic when it's come to like having physicians or having therapists who are more representative of the clients and the patients they see, i.e. if you are seeing a therapist and you are a black woman or a black man, would you also want to have a therapist who is black? And I think that's that, there was a space to open up that discussion because, of course, Dr. Orna, if you listen from our previous podcast, Couples Therapy is about a therapist called Dr. Orna who is giving advice to these couples. Dr. Orna is a white woman and I think it was a very interesting dynamic that one of the first things from the jump they talked about was how Dell is perceived as a black man in and sometimes how he feels that he has to almost... Um, retract and withdraw from showing emotion in public which is a similar thing that happened in the i think series one or series two yeah, one of the couples yeah, yeah. where the the guy felt like even though things have happened or things happen in public and he's frustrated he cannot show that frustration and he used it as a kind of almost say parallel to india who has been known to be a bit more expressive or and he's used the word aggressive when it comes to certain situations and he felt that maybe she had more freedom and more license to be expressive with her feelings, whereas he didn't from a, a male perspective because of just the perception of black men in America. I feel like they didn't, what they didn't talk about enough for me in that couple was in, was in their first meeting, he says that when India's annoyed, she'll say some really, really dark things. Yeah. 
And they didn't show where, how they resolved that because it the conversation between them often becomes about race. And she tells a story about how one time they went to a party and someone said something and she said something back to them. And he was like, oh, you're being an aggressive black woman at mm. this party. And she was like, that's that's always his go-to is to make me seem like the aggressor when I say anything. So I can't win. Um, and that's where she used to feel inadequate because she felt like whatever she does, Dell is quick to criticise her. Um, and I think he made she made examples around like the way they were raising mm, their child yeah. and how Dell has a child before from a previous um, relationship. And for her, she was always concerned about if they had children. And she actually said in the heat of an argument that she didn't want to be a parent with him, which I think is so cutting. Like, I, sh- I, mean. I was so shocked. And when Orna, Dr. Orna tried to speak to her about it, she was like, yeah, so I come from a family where what you do is, when you're angry, you say some of the most vile shit to each other. Mm. And then, the ne- and then you, because you, you've got out of your system, you can, like, sit down and, like, watch TV mm. together and eat a meal and everything's fine. And I sort of talked about this briefly last week, but that dynamic is toxic. Yeah. Right? And the only way it's not toxic, well, it is always toxic. And it's, fine is not the right word, but if you find someone who grew up in an exact same environment as that, as you, the two of you will be okay. Yeah. Because you know this stuff doesn't mean anything mm. and they know this stuff doesn't mean anything. So mm. you can go on saying your vile, hurtful shit to each other and, and then get into bed together and go to sleep and it'd be fine. Yeah. The average person isn't spoken to like that. Yeah. So when you are in the mood of your husband and you say things like, I wish I hadn't had a child with you or I don't want to have a child with you, um, that stuff stays in their hands. And that really, really eats away at them. Honestly. And it's crazy to think she'll say that and then the next day have basically forgotten what she said. Like, it it meant so little to her. Mm that she's not thinking about it at all. And this person might hold on to it for eight weeks, a month, a year, yeah. bring it all the way to therapy and tell the therapist. Yeah. And she's sitting there like, I don't really understand what the problem is yeah. <laughs> because I was upset. Just because you're upset doesn't mean you can act any how you like, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what you learn as a child. You have a tantrum and your parents say, listen, if you're sad, we could do something about that, but your kicking and screaming is not going to get nothing yeah. done. Yeah. And that's how you learn to regulate your emotions. You yeah. can't go through life kicking and throwing a tantrum, smashing up the shot because you something went the way you didn't want it yeah. to. Yeah. And it sounds and in those moments where you're like, well, what I do is I just I just try to punch I punch below the belt when I'm upset. Is a perfect example of you haven't learned to regulate your emotions. No. You can be angry and also have a conversation with someone without trying to without getting them to a brink where they want to kill themselves. Yeah. yeah. It's about, again, it's always about communication and and not just that, but also do not tell others that you want others to do unto you because you wouldn't want anyone to speak to you in that certain way. So why do you think it's acceptable to speak to them in that way? But like, I think that's the interesting thing. It's not a want to be spoken to like that. It's I'm used to this. Yeah, but that's so just... I just think this is normal. Yeah. And someone has to unteach that to me. Yeah. That's why you have to go to therapy yeah. because I can't teach you that. You're just going to say, oh, you're too thin skinned. You don't get it, blah, yeah. blah. It takes someone hearing your story and going, yeah, that, sounds really bad yeah. and you're like no, no it was fine it's like no your parents shouldn't have spoken to you like that yeah, yeah. that's not what they should have said to you they were upset with yeah you. and it's not a healthy way of like conflict resolution no like honestly it's 
Why would you be setting out to hurt the people you love? That yeah. doesn't make sense. No. I think what this this show portrays is just the importance of childhood and how you're... The, it doesn't talk about n- uh, nature, but the, how you are nurtured impacts so many aspects of your life post, I don't know, post the age of childhood or yeah. post the era of childhood when you are dealing with more emotions you're dealing with your identity you're dealing with your relationships you're understanding how to relate to other people if you have not been able to keep, have that foundation as a child and you see certain things you will take that into your relationship unless you do the work yourself to find out you know quote unquote in a child which is what we talked about last week and understand what is healthy and what wasn't healthy and identifying that because yeah India's approach, even when she was talking in the in the sessions, there was times when I was like, "Girl, you need to calm down." What's the attitude? It, for? So much attitude towards Doctor all our attitude towards um oh, Dale. It was just it was a lot, and he said something, and I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to assign this to race, but it was another thing that he said. Another cutting thing that he also said. It was like after he got divorced, um, because yeah. of the people with the relationship, he didn't want to date another black woman because they uh, nagged. Yeah, and that was like, rah. It's, again, it's so interesting to see how he identified that behaviour's attitude or mindset to black women and hence made was going to make the absolute that he was never going to date a black woman again. India, of course, is a black woman, so that didn't happen. But How did she... How did she... Because she's the one who volunteers that information. Yeah, she's the one that said it. So why... I'm trying to find out the context in which you would tell your black wife that there was a period of time where you didn't want to date black women. Is, there's two. There's only two ways. In the heat of an argument, which I think is most likely, she said, said something cutting and he said something cutting back. Or he's she said something cutting as he's walking away. He was like... Something along the line like, I knew I shouldn't have dated another black woman. Not you directing the scene as he's walking away. <laughs> camera moves the camera pans the room <laughs> no because i just can imagine he would try and make that jab but maybe almost a bit too scared to yeah. say it to her he face he did give me the impression that he was scared of his yeah. wife yeah 100%. he did so or, yeah i couldn't imagine that he yeah, just sat okay. across from her on the table drinking like, wine and being like she was a period of my life where <clears> i didn't <throat> almost date you because yeah. you're black and i didn't want to date back exactly the only other place where i think i don't think it's acceptable but he could have like disclosed that information without it being in an argument setting, was if they were mates before. Well, deathbed. <laughs> you, yeah, you better be dying after this. What are you talking about? I was thinking it's more like if you were friends before yeah. and you felt like, oh, we're just we're just chummy, you're my mate, I'm your mate. Just, you know, my type, my type used to be, after my divorce, I decided I don't think I want to date black women. And then you know, he w- could release that information knowing that there's not going to be repercussions for her. I mean, I think it's, to me, it'd be a lot of questions if you told me that. I'd yeah, be- I was going to say, let's be real. After, yeah. if you was talking to a guy and he was your friend, right? Yeah. And you thought, oh yeah, he's cute. And then he said that to you. Are you checking for him anymore? No. no. So yeah, so maybe that's unrealistic. Right? I wouldn't, I, there's absolutely no Un- way. Unless he said, I thought I would never date a black woman before and then I met you. No. Slip that little compliment in. I would never that be. That underhand comment. Every night I'd just be like, is this is this going to be the day where he wakes up and decides he wants that white woman again? I couldn't deal with it. Goodness me. I'd be like, I just need to be out of this situation, no, to be honest. No. So, I hope you find the girl yeah. of your dreams, whatever yeah. she is, but it's not going to be me. I was gonna I was gonna flag just as you were talking about the inner child stuff, um, that 
like for me and i think for a lot of people who you know i think for a lot of people yeah you basically have your childhood up until you're 18 mm. you go to the uni and from that point onwards you're just on un- you're having to unlearn all the stuff that you learned as a yeah. kid because it yeah. was wrong so or not or so just not helpful for you sometimes you're unlearning it before yeah sometimes <laughs> you're unlearning it before sometimes you're unlearning it as you're in the childhood like this is not right but it's still happening oh 100 percent. no for sure and i i like i just feel like people don't talk about that enough mm. because it's it's really tough mm. to to be like oh i thought my 20s were gonna be me going on adventures and growing and learning actually it's just a bunch of things me having to be like oh so apparently that's not real yeah that's not real that's not yeah. good that's not good yeah. can't do that put that in the bin um has a boundary and yeah that boundary exactly yeah. before you can get to start your life again yeah yeah um it's just why just set us up with the good things to begin yeah. with parents god i mean childhood is so important and now i understood why one of her early questions not just with this couple but with all the other ones was like how was your childhood mm-hmm. what how did you see relationships at home because that influences how you see relationships in the future and it's so sad to say that really sad but um there's one point that i put down um about forgiveness oh actually there's two big points actually i want to talk about one was about the actual peer advisory board that was advising Dr. Orna mm-hmm. with this particular couple because I think I mentioned it in the last episode that in previous seasons Dr. Orna would have a um like peer a advisor yeah. yeah who was kind of someone to kind of touch base and have a second opinion on the couples that she was speaking to and in this season in comparison to the other two seasons she had a whole advisory group which included a range of different specialists and other therapists yeah which is probably more helpful so helpful and they were all from different backgrounds and there was this particular um therapist dr callie um one of the experts who spoke to her about this particular couple and flagged a question that i think we you may not think of it like explicitly but it's all about inherently about you know dr orna as a white woman do you feel that you know this particular couple are holding some of the information back from you because you are white and they can't truly express how they feel as a black couple because there's some experiences as a african-american couple and just having the african-american experience in that type of society where they don't they may not feel comfortable expressing how they felt or they may not feel comfortable going into detail about some of the injustices, racial um, microaggressions, or just discrimination that they face. And so she tells Dr. Orna that she wants her to challenge them and ask them whether they feel, you know, any type of issue with her being a white therapist speaking to them, or if there is any blockage or barriers for them in terms of their treatment or for them to fully express themselves because she's white. And I felt, and I, it was interesting how she positioned it. She, I mean, the conversation was leaning into race because I feel like Dale in particular definitely talked about race and being black and brought up that identity a lot in the, their conversations. Mm-hmm. And so I think she used that, that opportunity to, to be like, do you have a problem with me being white? She paraphrased it a lot nicer than I just did. And India does say like, look, she is conscious that she's a white woman, of course, 
and she does think that sometimes she does have to probably polish some stories and not really go into the level of detail because she is white and she she feels like she may have to explain things or not downplay but potentially not go into full detail because she doesn't know how she would react to it but as a couple they don't have a problem with dr honor being their therapist because they they value her expertise and they value the therapy that they've received from her and i think that she has in what we saw in the show dr honor did give really strong advice to the couples and i think one of the other key things was about forgiveness but i i just want to flag that i i appreciated one day advisory group i think it was really needed yeah and we're in a world where people want to see therapists or see medical experts and the medical field to be more representative of the patients they treat so it was good to see that in this reflected in this way and two it's good to have the conversation even though it's a shame because i felt that sometimes a couple that particular couple was just there to talk about race or be the race subject Mm -hmm. of the show but that being said their issues in comparison to some of the other couples i I don't want to weigh them up like what's bad and what's good but it didn't feel as drastic and I didn't feel like they were on the verge of divorce in comparison to like a ping and wheel. Mm. So, yeah. 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 I was surprised when they came in and India's, they started talking about basically how vicious their arguments were. I thought, oh, this is another one. Mm. I think actually it was like, oh, there are too many couples this season mm. where it's just like, we are vile to each other. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't know how you come back from that as a person. Like, I don't think I could, I honestly don't think I could date someone who was that vile and then be like, should we go to couple therapy? No, we shouldn't. We should not be together. I don't want to live my life like this, um, personally. Um, but it does, it did feel like Honor got them to a place where they seemed a lot more together. Like, I think that one of my favourite things to witness is like the change in body language Mm. from when they first come in to like, the end of the, the last sessions because mm. I think that's a good way to tell whether like this thing is going to stick yeah. the changes that they're making because yeah. um, they're actually warming up to each other they're yeah. seeing the positive benefits unlike yeah. you know a ping and will where it was like actually I'm not seeing a, a, any change no. in body language at all nothing has changed I don't think I see it for these two yeah um, so I had hope that you know they were gonna make it through, and I, I hope they're still together. Um, there was another point that came through in the show, and I wrote the the point around forgiveness versus righteousness, and I'm just trying to remember why I wrote that point. But I think a lot of that was around the idea of how they show forgiveness, especially when you have had those deep arguments and it's very cutting Mm -hmm. like how do you move on from that Mm -hmm. because there's a few things that i mean even him saying that you know i wasn't gonna date a black woman after his divorce some of that could be unforgivable depending on your perspective or if you if your your sensitivity towards that Mm -hmm. like how do you show forgiveness that or maybe you said this certain thing in the heat of the moment but actually you do very much love and care for me and we're not just going to brush things under the rug and just be like, we're cool, we're cool. Good, good. Like, it's not, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Um, And I, from what I remember in the show, I think they they were able to find some type of resolution that 
how they handle their communication styles but I think that was just a point I wanted to write about like as an open question of like how do you show that forgiveness and reconcile after those big blowouts and is it something that they both have to keep an eye on moving forward in their relationship that when they are in those heated moments because it will happen what they can do to resolve it quickly but also to keep that that space for forgiveness I one thing that I think that therapy is quite good at giving you the tools for specifically in situations like this is how do you express yourself in a way that's not um toxic mm. so that you're not it's not a case of like you're not allowed to you're not going to ever feel angry you will you're not going to ever feel sad you will but you have the tools actually to express yourself in a way that hopefully your partner hears yeah and actually it's quite it's only it's regressive Mm. those moments where you pull on that old behaviour it's because whatever you're feeling is so acute that you don't have the ability to stay present and be careful about the words that you're choosing you're just feeling your feelings and that's that thing about like being able to not moderate but like control your emotions Mm. or like and not be controlled by your emotions yeah like you shouldn't be overwhelmed on a near daily basis by your feelings. Yeah. Like that's that's just it's chaos. Honestly, if you're if you're living by your feelings alone and not logic and not thought and not wisdom, you're gonna be in trouble. Or if honestly. you're feeling your if you're you're feeling your feelings but you're not able to then what's the word I'm looking for? Apply that information. Yeah. Like oh something happened just now that's made me feel mm. angry what is it oh this is a trigger for me i'm gonna go not right now because i'm still feeling angry yeah but i'm gonna go speak to that person and explain hey when you do x it makes me feel y mm. so i just want to i just want to flag that for you because i don't want to feel like that yeah and i don't think you intended for me to feel why yeah. did you yeah. most of the time the person's like no i didn't I didn't know that was going to be a trigger for you. Yeah. It won't happen again. Mm. Everyone's good because most times people don't want to be bad to each other. Mm. They just don't know what they're doing that's bad to each other. Mm. And that's what therapy is good for because it gives you the tool. But if you're a person who's like, yeah, when I get mad, I just fucking say what I want. Therapy goes, how about you don't do that? Mm. And how about you take a minute, collect yourself, and then when you feel calmer, go back to that person and be like, I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm telling you, you will see positive results. And I can, I, you know, I'm a fucking therapy stand, but like, I have seen 150% in, like improvement in my interactions when I started to just be like, don't speak now. Yeah. Don't speak now. Because yeah. if you speak now, you're going to regret it. Basically. Yeah, you're, you're, you're speaking now because you're mad and because you're mad you're not even properly you're not even thinking yeah so you're just saying shit yeah like it doesn't even really make sense what you're saying this garble of emotion Mm. of emotional response at the other person who's now going where where, where did this all come Mm. from i said one thing you're now screaming at me so now i'm screaming at you then everyone's upset we don't even know what what we're mad about your emotions are there to point you towards a piece of information i don't think they're just there you don't just it's i don't think it's normal if you just wake up and be like oh i'm sad yeah and i have there's no reason 
that's when you gotta go to doctors and get yeah. antidepressants mm. or whatever. Like, but that is that's not normal. Yeah. But being sad because something has happened is normal. Yeah. So you can feel your feel, but don't live by your feels. You can't live by your feels because you'd be in trouble. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was a really interesting couple, and I'm 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 glad we included them in the series because it's like a nice palate cleanser to all the chaos. Yeah, they were two quite calm people for yeah. as much as he was like, and as much as she had an attitude, she was quite even killed in yeah. the way that she spoke. Yeah. Like, exactly. She wasn't a very emotional speaker. No, I, but she, when she did speak, it was more with assertion, like, this is my, is yeah. my frustration versus anything else. Mm. But I, at times I related to Dell, and I think some of that was maybe the, the whole... Like I've I've been in many arguments with the type of with an India type of character where they like very quick to just like cut underneath the what's it called hit below the belt yeah um and how do you take that and how do you just respond to that yeah and I think going back to the forgiveness and versus righteousness thing I think he had a background in the church I think his dad was a pastor or something. yeah but yeah. then that was weird because in one episode they said it was his, he was raised by his granddad who was yeah. a pastor so it yeah, was some, his dad something some he had some link to the church because that's why i think i wrote the forgiveness versus righteousness yeah no there definitely and, was they it was either yeah. his dad was a pastor or his granddad was a pastor yeah and that's why their household was so strict Street, yeah and i think that's part of me was relating to him mm-hmm. and maybe not maybe parts of his background or parts of his how he's been raised but also like how he was trying to relate to a character like India and especially in those arguments and disagreements. Um, so yeah, I, I, I felt I that it was a very nice couple and yeah, I hope they're still together. The last couple was Sin and Yaya. So this couple, they've been together for 18 years. They've been married for eight years and they have two children. They're a lesbian couple. The first thing that we realise in the show is that they have not been intimate in one year. And that's the that's the issue that they come with. And I think over the course of the series, you start to unpack some of the reasons they have not been intimate. And a lot of that has been led by Sin, who um, I would say Sin is probably more of the breadwinner of the family. Like Yaya stays at home in the house, um, like looks after the house, looks after the kids. And... I, I think it's mentioned in the show, she takes on more of the mother mother figure, quote-unquote, if you look at the con- like conservative or traditional family values, she will take on more of a motherly role mm. in comparison to Sin, who she kind of describes herself as like, she almost wanted to feel young. It sounds like she was going through a bit of a midlife crisis herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can see there's a distinction between the roles and responsibilities in the household. But I think the ultimate thing was like, the, the lack of intimacy sexual intimacy in that relationship and how it's been prolonged and a lot of that lack of intimacy is being led by sin versus yaya and she's just and yaya's been sometimes a bit passive and not understanding why they're not intimate but also not pushing for it either yeah i found them to be a really interesting couple for for many reasons but one that just came to mind as you were talking was that like i i think one of the sin's issues with where they're at is i don't think she imagined how do i put this i get the impression from sin that being in a lesbian relationship equals not being in a sort of traditional family unit Mm. 
and actually what has happened is they actually do live in a very traditional family unit you've got the um homemaker and the breadwinner and they are in these roles and it's very normal Mm. and i i can definitely imagine if you imagined your life was going to be really fun and cool because you've married your best friend and you guys get to do things that other people don't get to do and isn't this Mm. great we're going to build our version of a nuclear family and then you wake up 10 years later and you're you're picking up your briefcase and you're going into town and you say, well, I'll be back at eight, my love. There better be food on the table. Like suddenly you're like, what the fuck has happened to me? This is what I was trying to avoid and somehow I found myself here. Mm. And I think that's part of that idea of her having had a, a, having a midlife crisis at this point because she's just like, is this it? Yes. Is this what it is now? Yeah. Because if this was what it is, I don't want it. Yeah. And her, I think just before they get come to therapy, Sin has said to Yaya, I think we should break up. Yeah, I think she gave her t- an ultimatum. It was like, they either split, have an open relationship, which Yaya didn't want, or they reconnect and yeah. try to build on the existing marriage. Which is quite an abrupt... Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like if my partner started talking about splitting up, my inner child trauma would be like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye then, yeah. bye. Because you've obviously checked out. For you to have this conversation, yeah. you've checked out. For you to even suggest splitting up, you want to split up. Yeah. So you should go. Yeah. I ain't doing this with you. Yeah. Um, I would just be so uneasy. Yeah. I think the other big thing that Sin was saying to Yaya is like, I'm not attracted to you. Yeah. And it's like... I couldn't take both. No. That's two body blows. Yeah. I can't take much more of this. Oh, body blow. It is. What do you mean? Um... I kind of don't want to be with you. And also, I don't want to touch you. Yeah. Um, I know we, you know, we've been together for 18 years. We were fucking for at least 13. Um, but I don't longer, I don't like you anymore. Mm. Like what? That, I mean, and to this day, I mean, I think they tried to hit some of the backstories to why she felt this way. I still didn't fully understand why the lack of attraction wasn't there or why she wasn't attracted to Yaya. This uh, is where the peer group came in, yeah. in a way that I thought was really interesting. Mm. So some of Sin's backstory was, as a young, as a child... Me trigger warning. Yeah, trigger, trigger warning, warning, child abuse. As a child, um, she had been molested by an uncle. Mm. And her memory of it was that she wanted to tell her parents, but she never could or she never did. She's a child. Mm. She was scared. Um, I think the uncle said that, you know, she'd be taken away if she did. Um, And she had... And that was the first version of the story. The second Mm. time she talks about it, she talks more about the fact that she felt like her mother did not protect her. She felt like her mother knew and didn't protect her. And interestingly, her mother is living with them. Yeah. And now Sin has children who are the age that she was mm. when the molestation happened. Mm. So at the peer review, the way they talk about it is like, basically Sin has found herself back in the position that she was in as a child. Mm. And her feeling is that she is not being taken care of by her mother. But in this scenario, the mother figure is Yaya. And that was... That shocked me. Like, I would not have expected that to be the 
explanation as to why the behavior was like that. She's now looking at Yaya as a mother yeah. and she's resenting Yaya in the same way that she resented her mother at the time. Yeah. Right? And being like, you are not being attentive to what I need. You're not being attentive to what I'm experiencing. Mm. I'm telling you, these are the things I want. And every time I tell you what I want, you come back at me in a passive way. That, to me, is reinforcing this idea that you don't really care about me and you can't protect me and you can't take care of me. Yeah. Um, this is all sin stuff. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with Yaya. It's got nothing to do nothing. with Yaya. And I honestly don't know, like without therapy, I don't know what you do in a situation like that because yeah. I don't think that sin was in a position prior to therapy to be able to communicate any of that, right? Yeah. I don't even think she knew that's what was happening. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about the subconscious yeah. and all of that stuff and playing out the drama of your inner child. Yeah. You don't know you're doing it. That's how it works. Yeah. If you knew you were doing it, you wouldn't do it. This is a time when I really hope that she was having individual therapy alongside the couple's therapy. Similar to some of the other couples that needed that separate time to process some of the things that happened in their lives so that when they go into the couple's therapy it's more valuable and there's a way that they can explain some of that to the other partner yeah but equally i understand exploring that stuff together because this is causing issues in our relationship Mm. so rather than you going off to your therapy and dealing with it privately and then coming here and being like "Mm, her problem is she never puts her dishes in the dishwasher and i'm like Mm. i'm still not getting why you're so mad about this we do need to discuss this mm, here mm. um but i also get what you're saying in terms of like maybe there's stuff you don't want to say in front of me yeah. and equally i'm just sat here yeah yeah i'm just sat here and it's a sin show it's always a sin yeah. show and it's never the yaga show yeah and, um, and i think that kind of came through towards the end of the sessions where Dr. Orna was really pushing for Yaya to speak up. Mm. Similar to Josh, with the Molly and Josh, where Josh will stay quiet or when he's asked a question, he will answer it a little bit and then turn to Molly so that she could complete the answer for him. Like, with Yaya, it got to the point where she's so passive that she's not expressive. And I think Dr. Orna was like, I need to hear more from you. Like, how do you feel? How do you feel that your partner doesn't want to be with you? in a sense, from a sexual perspective, how do you feel that you're not seen as attractive? How do you feel that, you know, every time you try to be intimate... Not dragon her. No, I mean... <laughs> how does it feel to be an ugly bitch? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, dude. How is it, how does it feel that every time you, you plan to be intimate, someone's tired and goes to sleep? Like, express yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I think for Yaya, it was like, it is what it is kind of energy. Yeah. Or like, I don't really... And I get it. If all of this stuff is happening in his head, what can Yaya say? Mm. She doesn't even know what she's supposed to be yeah. fighting with. I think I would love to hear more of what Yaya was feeling. Not necessarily like what is going on in your head, Sin. It's just like, what does this mean to her? Like, how does she feel that they've not been intimate? How does she feel in terms of the state of their relationship? The energy I got from her was that she wasn't that fast. Which is actually quite scary. But I don't know. Like, just, listen, like, she you hear, d- you hear she this about care. people all the time, though. Well, you've been together for a long time. Your sex drive's not the same as it was when you first got together. You've got no. kids, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're working, all of that stuff. You're probably not having sex as often anyway. Yeah. So maybe it goes, it goes, oh, well, it goes down to once a week, once every two weeks, once a month. You probably get to a point where you haven't even, you, yeah. you're not even noticing the fact that you haven't had sex for a yeah. long time. Then, I think it was more just to see 
how much does she want to fight for the relationship i'm not saying that she has to fight 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 because a lot of this like you said is in sin's head and she definitely needs to lead with some of the resolution however i just wish that we saw more like gusta from yaya and understand like how much does she want it i mean we did hear like of course she didn't want the open relationship and I got the impression even from her passiveness that she doesn't want to break up so but I in my head since I felt had Yaya just said yeah let's just break up she would be going you know hit the streets I think do you know what I, I think it's interesting about what you're saying it's like I imagine like I'm, I'm trying to get into Yaya's head that like if my partner referred to me as a sleeping bag oh god I forgot like it's comfy, it's functional, it does what it says it's gonna do, but it's not bed. I would not have the fight mm. in me. Mm. Why would I feel to fight with someone who is making it very clear that they don't like me? Mm. I would fight for you if I felt like you were fighting for me. Yeah. And actually, I the way that Sim spoke, she was fighting for herself, yeah. not necessarily for Yaya. Not until they yeah. got to the end. and Because even then, there's that weird moment towards the end where Dr. Orna's like, well, we're coming to the end of our sessions. How are you feeling? She's like, yeah, we're getting better. We've, we've been intimate. Um, I just hope I don't end up cheating. Yeah, she, Yaya said that she felt more present. Sin yeah. said that she is now open to admit when she has crushes now. Yeah. And it was like, wrong timing wrong this is just a wrong moment to be talking about those kind of things especially when you've just made this massive breakthrough yeah being intimate which is like one of the biggest biggest strongholds in your relationship and what i really liked about that moment is dr orna's response was yaya how do you feel about that yaya was like obviously not good like that's fucked why did she say that and so dr orna said why did you say that and sim was like do you know what i don't know and I was just like, I'm, this is fascinating to me, actually. They're like, yeah, in this moment, your subconscious still was like, let's ruin this. Yeah. Honestly. Let's, let's, let's ruin this. Because when Dr. Orna asked her, she genuinely was like, I don't know why I said mm. that. Like, I don't, I don't have a good reason for why I said that. Yeah. It just came out. Maybe it's self-sabotage. Maybe I'm actively seeing this moment where things are good and I'm going, mm, no. Yeah. And how can you fight a demon that you can't see? Yeah. Like, um, as in from Yaya's perspective, how yeah. am I supposed to fight this demon when the demon is somewhere inside of you yeah. that you are supposed to be fighting? You've got to fight the demon for us. I can't fight the demon yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that is... Well, it's terrifying because it's a demon, but I mean, like, it's terrifying anyway. Yeah. I, because that is the thing about being in a relationship. Yeah, I want to be there for you. I want to support you. But there are certain things I can't do for you. Yeah. So if you can't do them, and I can't do them, we have to at some point accept that that's, that's that. Mm. Like, if you really care about me, you want me, you've got, you got to fight your demons. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is what became more and more clear as the sessions went on and Sin was opening up more and more about what's happened. I mean, getting some almost resolution with her mum and yeah. that her mum knew about the uncle and actually had spoken to the uncle to try and warn him. I mean... We don't understand the situation and I'm not going to speak too much onto it. Yeah. But I don't, it felt like maybe he threatened the mum as maybe well. Maybe. Something, yeah. Something may have happened. But she intervened. But 
the fact that she placed that motherly role onto Yaya and she didn't know anything Yaya didn't know anything about it and she didn't know anything about it no it's just one I find it very very fascinating but two once you started to see Sin really break down and understand some of the past issues that she's faced Mm. you start to get more breakthrough as a couple between the two and even at the end, even though they're not hunky dory, mm. I think they said that they're going in the right direction. Yeah. I think they're still together. Yeah. We haven't heard if they're divorced, but I think again, it's important to do the work, the individual work, and then the work together as a couple. Um, and one, the person who's leading this, in this case, the person who wants to have explore open relationships, they have to really take on the active role in in really pushing for healing as a couple. Yeah. Um, Yaya, Yaya's character is still very fascinating to me because of how passive she was or she's just so used to having that like mother role in the house that she just may not have the time to sit there to address all of Sin's concerns I don't know anymore I I don't know I do I can I can relate to her in that like having been in a situation where it feels like you are powerless mm. that you actually do start to just shut down mm. so unless you are in a position where where someone is actually giving you space to be able to talk about your feelings like a therapist it would just stay the same true because you're not really giving me space to talk about how i feel what this feels like for me all you're doing every single day is coming to me and be like let's do open relationship let's bit up let's do open yeah. relationship let's bit up i don't know if i want to be with you anymore let's bit up what am i, I supposed to do yeah and also how is those the solutions Honestly. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, this series has been really interesting in terms of the range of couples they brought in. I did find and did see some real, like, common tropes that it was were consistent with majority of the couples. Um, firstly, the whole idea of, like, inadequacy and feeling bored. Like, the whole, like, is this it? Is, yeah. this, all, is this all we're going to get in this relationship? We heard it with molly and um josh Mm -hmm. particularly from a molly side like is this it with this relationship and then with sin Mm -hmm. um also open relationships Mm -hmm. there's another conversation with sin and ping um communication i think that's consistent throughout yeah more um and i had a question well actually it was two other two other things um how the couples bring their representatives to the therapy sessions, i.e., like, are they polishing a story to make to make it seem more palatable for Doctor Orna and also, of course, the cameras, and are they trying to make things look more perfect than they are? So, for instance, the issue that Will had with Ping about the fact that she may be doing all the work, like reading the books and learning more about her inner child. But back at home, she's still a menace to be around. And I think he was seeing that there may be some inauthenticity with Ping's character in front of Dr. Orna and in that therapy room. Yeah, we talked about this last yeah, week. We did, yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah. I, I do think that you, you do bring a version of yourself. And I also yeah. feel like there is a little bit, especially when, you, when you've got to a point where you need to come to a couple therapists because you guys are... Mm. so hard and fast on either side of that argument Mm. so when you come in now what you're trying to do is get the therapist Mm. to agree that you're right and the other person's wrong they're never going to do that if they're a good therapist they're not supposed to do that 
but that's what you're hoping for. So I, yeah, everyone is going in there being like, "Let me hold on a second. That's not exactly how it happened, yeah. is it?" To try and tell it in a way that's sympathetic to them, because mm-hmm. who wants to sit there and be like, "I'm the villain." Yeah. That was what was so interesting about Annie and Mal in the first season. Yes. Is that Mal was like, "I'm actually coming in here to be the villain." Yeah, and he was. I want to be the villain because that. you're not gonna. We're not gonna play this game where you're trying to pit us against each other. I'm already coming in here saying I'm the villain in the group in yeah. the relationship, and Annie is an angel. Yeah. And then, to try and really put um, Orna on the back foot. Yeah. But actually, it just, it came across like, right, so you don't want to learn and grow. You just want to come here and outsmart the therapist. Well, why are you spending money to outsmart the person exactly. that's going to help you? Because they don't think they need it. They need a therapist. Then why are you here? Honestly, the big question. And I think one thing I've noticed with the men from previous seasons versus this season... And maybe series two, maybe it's a different example. What was the name of the couple where the woman was shouting all the time? Micah and Micah. Well, yeah, so with Michael. Um, Micah and Micah, they were both called Micah. Oh yeah, Micah, Micah. Goodness me. Um, with Micah, he was very passive, very quiet, and she was very loud. This season, I feel like a very similar theme. You had Ping, who was loud, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, aggressive towards Will. You had India, same thing. You had Molly, not as much, but from time to time. And then Sin and Yaya, I don't, I'm, I don't know about that, but I would say there's a common theme where the men, there was a lot of passivity in regards to the men. And that was why I asked the question to myself as I, was, as I was watching was, are the men getting off so easy on the show because the women that they're with are so powerful and loud and assertive? in comparison to them and their personality. Anyone who is a dominant person in a situation is always going to come off like the villain because they seem like they're the one controlling the situation, right? The idea is that like, if you weren't so domineering, X wouldn't happen. But in each of those relationships where the woman was more domineering and the man was more submissive, nothing would have got done Mm. had the woman not been dominant. Mm. So the match here is According to this show, there is a sub and a dom in every single one of these relationships, mm-hmm. yeah? And someone has to be the sub and someone has to be the dom. Yeah. And it just so happens in these relationships, the dom is the woman and the submissive is the man. Mm. And I think more problems lie there because one, socially, culturally, that's not the norm. Yeah. So it is, it is emasculating mm. these men, which is really fucking with them as well. Yeah. But two... We socially don't like dominant women. Yeah. We call them naggy, we call them pushy, we call them aggressive, all of this stuff. We don't like it. Mm. So the dynamic when you watch it is feels so much more off-putting than if it was shy retiring woman, dominant husband. I think I'd in be most more cases, yeah. actually in most cases of the couples that we saw yeah. across all three seasons, yeah. it was always dominant woman, submissive man. Yeah. yeah. Apart yeah. from Annie and Mal, they were the only yeah. people, and I absolutely hated them as a couple. Yeah. Oh, horrible. horrible. I thought this is awful. Yeah. This is so much worse. Yeah. But I, what I think the show does fairly across all of them is whoever that dominant person is always comes off badly, yeah. whether it's a man or a woman. Yeah. You never come off well. Yeah. It's because you walk in there 
and you go, right, I'm going to tell you what the version of events is. And we all know there's six episodes of this. So yeah. this is not it. Yeah, no. We are going to learn a lot more about this that's going to mm. eventually come around and say, you are the villain. But you've walked in here today being like, let me tell you, he never does love, yeah. he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. And you're probably right, he doesn't do that. But the reason why he doesn't is because you walk into every yeah. room and you take up all the space yeah. and you leave him with nothing. So he goes, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. You run the show. And then you're mad at him because he doesn't do anything. Yeah. You shouldn't have married him. Yeah. And I would bet that the people that applied for the show out of the partners or the was the more dom yes. um predominantly women. They were probably the ones that were like, There's this couple therapy show, let's go for it. I mean I do question how and why they would go on the show and air all their dirty laundry, but it's also healing for someone. I bet they get the therapy for free. Yeah, yeah, they do. I'm That's sure, probably why they've done it. Yeah, therapy probably, is expensive. Yeah, I agree. Free um, therapy, change my life, sort yeah. out my family. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Um, how would you rate the show? Or this this particular season? I don't know. I found the season not as engaging as the others, maybe because mm. the couples weren't as explosive as some in the past. Yeah. I would say it was a 2.53 in terms of entertainment. Yeah. But in terms of actually like content, what it's doing, how it changes people's lives and how it makes you reflect on yourself, it's a vibe. Yeah. I mean, I, that's the thing. I 100% love this show because, as I mentioned in the last episode, it's like when you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. When I watch couples therapy, I get read. like, Or just like see a new perspective of relationships and how to relate to other people, whether that's romantically, platonically, so I do love that. I will say, yeah, this season in terms of entertainment and in terms of just the pace was just a little bit slower. Um, and I, I didn't leave being frustrated at the couples. I mean, there was a couple of shocking things like the Molly story and Molly and Josh story and how the affairs came about. That was shocking. Pink in general, just like I, I couldn't believe that someone could speak to their husband like that in front uh, of and the worst thing is like it's not even like a reported story like with yeah. Indy and, and Del yeah you are saying the words in front, in front of, of the yeah. and I I mean as a, again even though I love the romance as I always say I kind of lived for the drama when Dr. Orna was putting people in their place and I wish there was more of that um I, I just yeah I love that they, they took some extra um steps to bring this show more to life and more realistic as well with the advisory group and just give it some more voices but i yeah it was a bit slow so i will give it a three because i, I love i love the premise of the show but i don't think i was as intent i was not as entertained as the previous seasons you have one last thing to say go on i just remembered how and this is how you know this season was as entertaining how in the middle of their therapy sessions Micah is pregnant. Oh, yeah. When these people... When I tell you the first time you meet the two of them, she is screaming about how much she hates her husband. Yes. We're not even finished the series. Micah is pregnant. Yeah. So, what? So even at the point where you were screaming you were pregnant? Yeah. At the time you were saying, I'm done with him, I don't want to be with him anymore, you're crying, you're tired. Oh, so pregnant. You're having a child with him again. It's so, oh no. That couple was Unhinged. wild. And I'm telling you, they're probably still together. 100%. Because I genuinely got to the end of that and I was like, I don't think Micah's a bad person at all. No. I think she's just dramatic. And frustrated. And frustrated, yeah. but 
as in, in but enjoys the drama of the frustration mm. rather than being like let's sort this frustration out yeah. she enjoys to be like right yeah. so i've asked you to do x and you haven't done it yeah and i keep asking you you're wasting my time she wants to do that yeah. go, that little catty back yeah. and forth with her husband and he will have you sit there and take it. it honestly but yeah I love this type of premises, this type of formats. I remember Blue Therapy, which was not on TV. Wow, wow, but wow. Blue Therapy was also I hope that comes for a second season. So do I. Second season. We are tromping at the bit for it. It was a YouTube series. It was... Should we review that sometime? Yes. 100%. That show was wild. Wow. We are 100%. <laughs> like... A hundred it's even more entertaining than series three of couple therapy. Oh, 100%. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. But it's because the stories were wild, the char- the characters made you infuriated. And I think unfortunately that is what you need with these type of shows. We need you to bring the almost the Bartiste of the world, the flop island guests, bring them onto these type of shows because it will make you feel but also make you grateful that they are good guys and good girls out there and not to settle. And no shade to any of the couples that are on the show, but sometimes you need to be read. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done now with um with this. With your little rant. I am done with my rant. Um, I feel like couples therapy is always like a good base for when we talk about dates and scribbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I think next week. Yeah. We're watching you. The final episodes have dropped. We are gonna be watching you, and I've got a lot to watch with that. Because <laughs> I haven't finished series three. Here so, we go, lads, ladles. She's gonna turn up having half watched the season. No, no, no. We've got series four. All of the episodes have come out. Yeah, so we will need to watch that. I'm Can't excited. Wait. And well, also, I'm we not can that see... excited to be honest. Well, we can see your beloved. I know that's the only thing I'm. But I don't like him as Joe. I like him as himself. Yeah, I think he. I think he also wants people not to love him as Joe. But I, obviously, weird. I like the voiceover because of his voice. Oh, yeah. I'm torn. Anyway, yeah, uh, Joe is not sexy. People who find Joe sexy are please. sick. He's not sexy. He's, He's not. a literal murderer. Yeah. And he wears a hat all the time. And I don't trust many wear hats, wear hats all the time. Like, why won't you show us your head? What's going on? <laughs> Hatfish. <laughs> <laughs> show us your head right now. Um, I want to see the circumference. But it is set in the in, in London. And I can't wait yes. to see people travelling to places that are nowhere near each other within two minutes. I'm watching yes. Moon Knight at the moment as well. And there was a bit where he goes to Tottenham Court Road Station and no. I was like, that's not... <laughs> You've just taken the side for Tottenham Court Road and put it on a random building. What are you no, talking about? No, I It hate... didn't even look like a train no, station. that's what pissed me off because when you're that inaccurate, and I know, even, the, even if you pick it inside the tube and you're on the wrong line and the seats, the cushions don't even match, I get pissed off. Do you know what was crazy is that they had a scene where he was on the bus at Strand on his way... To okay, so it'd be the British up. no towards the British Museum, and I was like, yeah, yeah you yeah, would go that way. Route. That's on route. Why did you then go and get a fake Tottenham Court Road <laughs> in the next episode? This doesn't make sense, guys. I thought we were doing something that felt real. Yeah. Also, somehow, despite those landmarks, the British Museum, yeah. Strand, the fake Tottenham Court Road. It did not look like London. That's even worse. And you know they didn't shoot it. Oh, that's they shot. They shot one crane shot, one (laughs) drone shot of of Strand, one drone shot of the British Museum, and they said, oh, actually, then they shot inside the British Museum. Okay. Because I've been to the British Museum. I know what it's like on the inside. And that's it. Oh, that's terrible. The rest of it was shot in, you know... LA. Istanbul. Oh, God. Somewhere, you know, somewhere random that's like, oh, this is kind of UK architecture. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness me. Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. Can't um, wait. 
yeah but that's this has been yeah scripts and giggles <laughs> giggles oh gosh but yeah this has been scripts and giggles why have we had to repeat it we've already said it it was really well said I thought I just I was doing it one more time for the mic the mic did pick it up giggle we're gonna giggle <laughs> our way out of here thanks guys bye bye